Dozier. It's 60 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Donald Trump says he's ready for his summit with North Korea's Kim Jong-un while hosting Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe at the White House yesterday. The president took some questions about next week's meeting. I think I'm very well prepared. I don't think I have to prepare very much. It's about uh, attitude. It's about uh, willingness to get things done. But I think I've been preparing for the summit for a long time, as has the other side. I think they've been preparing for a long time also. So this isn't a question of preparation. It's a question of whether or not people want it to happen. And we'll know that very quickly. Trump added he doesn't think the two sides will reach any major agreements in this meeting and that a long-term pact will require additional diplomacy. But he did say if things go well, he might invite Kim to the White House. Uh, That summit set for Tuesday in Singapore. The pilot of a homemade plane is lucky to be alive after crashing into a horse pasture in Butler County. That crash happened yesterday morning near Royal Oak Drive in Penn Township. Channel 11 reporting the pilot was trying to get back to the Butler Airport after losing power when he crashed. The unidentified pilot just suffered some minor injuries. According to a new study, work stress is more dangerous, even deadly, uh, than we might have thought. Researchers looked at men who were already dealing with heart disease or diabetes or had already suffered a stroke. They found these guys had a staggering 68% higher risk of early death if they were dealing with work stress. In the study, the stress was the worst for demanding jobs where men had little control over their workload. Jobs where guys put in a lot of effort for little reward also ended up creating a lot of stress for them. Two Denver boys who had their lemonade stand shut down by police during Memorial Day weekend are getting some legal backing from one of the nation's biggest lemonade makers. Country Time Lemonade launching a new initiative to help any kids who have their stands shut down by police over permit issues. The company says Legal Aid, spelled A-D-E, will include a group of lawyers working to keep the stands open. Country Time is also offering to reimburse the cost of any fines that kids may be issued for not having the proper permits. Game over for an Oregon man who got hammered and ripped off a car right in front of police, then told them he thought he was playing a game of Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Uh, Anthony Clark, uh, maybe not hammered. He was on uh, LSD before he went on his uh, adventure, which started when he jumped into a Toyota Camry that was about to be impounded and ended after a 40-mile chase in which he eluded troopers and eventually crashed into a ditch. The 23-year-old rammed the stolen car through chain lake fences and twice drove over those spike spike strips. Yeah. Uh, he did surrender peacefully, though. After the accident, Clark told officers he was hallucinating through the entire event and swore he thought he was at home playing a video game. I mean, in his defense, he probably was. In his world, he was definitely playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, no those, question. Those games are so realistic now. I'm just glad he didn't see any hookers along the way. Right. And hit them with a baseball bat in the right. head 17 times in a row. That's the most And ridiculous. then shoot at helicopters. It's some, there's, that game is out of control violent. You can straight up start a war. Like legit start like a gang a, war or a no, World War No, like III. a real war. Like eventually in that game, if you cause enough mayhem, choppers come up over the horizon with... <laughs> Gatling guns and and shoot you down. In music news, Bruce Springsteen is set to perform live at the 2018 Tony Awards ceremony in New York City. Springsteen will be the recipient of a special Tony Award in honor of his wildly successful Springsteen on Broadway concert series at the Walter Kerr Theater. 
Tony Awards will take place June 6th at Radio City Music Hall and air this Sunday on CBS. ABC's hit American Idol has announced it will embark on a 20-city simultaneous East and West Coast road trip starting in late August. The network has announced its Idol bus tour will kick off a nationwide talent search for season two in Orlando and San Diego on August 25th before wrapping up September 12th in Little Rock and uh, September 15th in Charleston, West Virginia. I think it's coming here. I think I saw the the audition bus is coming here. The road trip will allow for in-person auditions for season two. Show producers add that hopefuls can also submit audition videos online at AmericanIdol.com or via social media sites like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Your boy Luke Bryan. Isn't he on that one? Yes. Now, I, I don't know. Judge, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Gabby Barrett should try out again. Just change her name. <laughs> can can you try? I think you can do it twice in a row if you don't make it very far. Oh, yeah. She but I think it. if you make it to the finals. She was, the, yeah, one of the final three. Final- She's already a star. She doesn't need that crap. Like, she made it to the point where everybody knows who she is. And, you know, once you get in that no. final, what's the matter? Right. It's prize money at that point. I think her next appearance on the show will probably be when, whenever she puts out a single, she can go perform it on there. Mm-hmm. Finally, Brendan Fraser is upset that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is dismissing his report of inappropriate touching as a joke. The Mummy star says the association's ex-president, Philip Burke, touched him back in 2003. He told GQ in February the incident was damaged to his state of mind and movie career. Burke says it's a total lie. The association conducted another review of the incident based on new details provided by Fraser. On Wednesday, GQ published a follow-up piece saying the association had to determined the touching was meant to be a joke and not a sexual advance. Regardless, the association reports that the incident was inappropriate. Uh, looks like we'll have some sunshine today. Temperatures around 80. It is 60 at DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Sean Collier will be in a little bit later on this morning reviewing Ocean's 8, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the new documentary uh, 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 centered around Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, of course. I can't wait and to also see that. Hotel Artemis, which I don't think has anything to do with Leonard Skinner, drummer Artemis Pyle. <laughs> John Witherspoon, the legend, legendary comic, you know from the movie Fridays and uh, many others. Uh, he'll be in at 8.15. He's at the Improv all weekend long. The Clarks will be performing live this morning. Nice. How about that? Awesome. So looking forward to that. We got a big morning lined up for you. BOC gets you going. Oh. On Reddit and BuzzFeed, those lists will emerge. They'll give 19 reasons to visit Pittsburgh. Each includes our pension for making foods merge. But we're more than just fries on a sandwich. The amazement that steel mills no longer pollute is one observation that ain't quite astute. But there's one misconception I'd like to refute. We're more than just fries on a sandwich. There's more than just bridges, more than our accent. More than just parking chairs, more than cheap rent. More than the Steelers, the Pirates, and Pants. We're more than just fries on a sandwich. Though all of those things are inexorably true, we're a complex city that can't be reduced 
to an internet list designed to get page views. We're more than just fries on a sandwich. There's more than just fireworks and rivers that beat. More than pierogies that run at top speed. It's the people, not Clark bars, that make this town sweet. We're more than just fries on a sandwich. We're more than just fries on a sandwich. We're more than just fries on a sandwich. Alice Cooper, DV Morning Show. Alice, of course, is going to be the star of our DVE Halloween party this year, Friday, October 26th. AJE, that's an indoor show. Usually he's outside, so it's going to be packed inside, and this is going to be a party that you just don't want to miss. Yeah. How many times you go to sucky Halloween parties, and you're Too like- Too many to count. Why am I even here? This is going to be good. I half-assed my costume. I half-assed the whole night. This stinks. Well- Go full ass at the DVE <laughs> Halloween party. Stage AE coming up Friday, October 26th. A paranormal evening with Alice Cooper. I wonder how many people will dress as Alice Cooper that night. Everyone should uh, everyone should dress as different Alices. Sure. I'll, I'll dress as Alice from Brady Bunch. You can. <laughs> how many Wayne and Garths are you going to see? A lot of those. Yeah. That's what you and Serena are going to do, right? Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, we already- have enough time. Like, this is the good thing is that you never know what you're going to do on Halloween. That's why this is great because it kind of gives you that idea like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that for Halloween this year. And it's months in advance instead of waiting till, I don't know, the night before, which I usually did. Right. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to dress up like his manager, Chef Gordon. <laughs> Super much. Uh, Ellis, uh, I, I'm happy to tell you. Uh, your rider is fully full. Uh, the 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 backstage catering is wonderful. Are you gonna get Val to give you a home perm kit? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's got like one of those like bald head and then the fro coming out on the side like, type things. Oh yeah, those are the clowns. Yeah, you just have to wear a Hawaiian shirt and just talk about doing acid with uh, with Janis Joplin and stuff like that. <laughs> have you ever seen that documentary, no. Supermensch? Oh my God, his manager. You would love it, Val. Chef Gordon. He was manager and, like, I don't know, like, consigliere to, like, a million different stars. Yeah. It's like every time somebody fell on rough times, like, big name stars, Shep would just happen to, like, run, run across them and be like, I'll tell you what, uh, why don't you come to my uh, my villa in Hawaii? Uh, maybe in this Hawaiian village. I don't know. And uh, he would, like, cook for them for two weeks, and they would, like, sit on the beach, and all their problems would be solved. Like a rehab time. Meanwhile, this guy's problems would just mount. He never yep. worried about his own problems. He only worried about everyone else's. It's a great documentary, Supermensch. Mike Myers uh, produced it because he did that for Mike Myers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just big-time comedians, musicians. I mean, the guy's connections are endless. And the reason he became friends with Mike Myers is because of Wayne's World. Because he had a new song that he wanted in the movie. And uh, it was like a, oh gosh, what was the last big release he had? It was in that movie. Alice Al- Cooper? Yeah, it was like a new song. Oh. I, we oh, all I know. I don't know what year oh, yes, it was. Yeah. Oh. 94. Uh, Poison? And didn't it get cut from the movie? No, it didn't because Stupid. of Shep. Right. It was a scenario where they're like, okay, you can... Uh, you can have Alice in the movie, but you got to play his new song. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we don't. The whole point is he's got to come on and play uh, the old one. The classic. I, yeah. And uh, so they didn't 
confirm or deny Shep didn't until right before filming, and he knew he had him in a tough spot. And he was like, all right, I'll tell you what. You run the old song during the movie and the new one over the credits. Or you don't get Alice. And it was like the day before shooting. And Mike Myers was like, ah, fine. And then they ended up running the song, and it actually became a little bit of a hit. DV definitely probably would have played it back then. Definitely probably. It's not stupid? No, it's not stupid. Not Poison, because I think that was from one of the... Nightmare on Elm Street movies, maybe? You could just Google. Do you know it, Joe? Feed My Frankenstein. There you go. Feed My Frankenstein. And uh, anyways, so he and Mike Myers and Shep Gordon became good friends there. So, all right, that was a needless, pointless story to (laughs) go off on. But we're full of those, and you have three and a half more hours of needless and pointless diversions from reality. Mike Pursuta with some heavy reality, if uh, you weren't paying attention last night, because Ovi... Now is a Stanley Cup champion. Full details next. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And uh, it's like a nightmare come true (laughs) for Penns fans in a lot of ways. You'll never be able to make that stupid white Russian joke anymore. Nah, it kind of uh, checks all the boxes that Penguins fans didn't want to see checked. Uh, The Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Alex Ovechkin is the Conn Smythe Trophy winner, is the MVP of the postseason. Mm-hmm. And Marc-Andre Fleury was pretty average in losing that Stanley Cup to the mm-hmm. Capitals. Penn's fans ought to be thrilled for Brooks Orpik. They ought to be thrilled for Todd Reardon. They ought to be thrilled for Matt Niskanen. But they're probably not. Nah. <laughs> Come on, We've man. Like, on. You can't. That's, <laughs> I, those aren't. That's a false equivalency. You think Matt Niskanen engendered as Orpik, much? Orpik's not. Oh, Orpik. Orpik's is. one of the great players in Penguins franchise. I don't disagree with that. And came here when it was crap and lifted it to the top. And did it with class and dignity and was... Uh, a, Terrifying. A physical guy <laughs> and a, a voice and conscious, consciousness of the franchise guy and a leader guy. Uh, oh, I always loved him when yeah. he played here. No question. I think he still played more games as a Penguins defenseman than anybody. But really, uh, yeah, that's boy. That, in that, a Penguins uniform. Yeah, no, no, I yeah. understand. That's hard to believe. Um, I, I did yeah. a charity event with him one time, and he was uh, terrifying. He's, He's one of the greatest players I've ever had. I, dude, I'm not arguing you. Yeah. Matt he, Niskanen is not a guy that no. Penguin fans have, you know, jerseys uh, framed oh, I'm sure. in their rumpus sure room. One or two do. Although I no. do, lo- I love, no. I loved when Niski was here. There was a couple things that were hilarious about him, like when he said he was a borderline hick. Yes, that was hilarious. I didn't love that, that he that endured him to me as well. He uh, broke Sid's jaw. Yeah, that, that wasn't great. Well, as Barry Trot said back then, it was a hockey play. Uh, four to three yeah. Capitals last night over the Vegas Golden Knights. Washington wins it in five. The Caps were trailing three to two. After 40 minutes, but as has been their habit this postseason, they battled back. Goals by Devontae Smith-Pelly and Lars Eller, two minutes and 31 seconds apart. Midway through the third period, turned that 3-2 deficit into a 4-3 lead, and uh, Braden Holtby and the Caps made that stand up from there. Washington uh, gets to the top of the mountain in its 43rd season of competition in the NHL. That is the second longest wait for a Stanley Cup champion. The Los Angeles Kings had to wait 44 years before winning the Cup in 2012. 
So it took him a while. Yeah, I saw a stat last night too. Like a, the longest um, it took a superstar to get their first championship. I think only Elway was ahead of Ovi. Took like it took longer. him like 15 years or yeah. something. Took Ovi 13. Alex Ovechkin did get that uh, long-awaited first championship. He also wins the Conn Smythe Trophy, which is awarded to the player deemed most valuable to his team in the playoffs. Ovechkin scored his playoffs leading 15th goal in last night's win. He is the second Russian-born winner of the Conn Smythe Trophy, joining Evgeny Malkin, who did it with the Penguins. Uh, Ovechkin also becomes the first Russian captain to hoist the Stanley Cup. This is the year. His 15 playoff goals this year, uh, the most in an NHL postseason since Sidney Crosby had 15 in 2009. Ovechkin also joins a pretty exclusive club. Uh, players to have won the Stanley Cup, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Hart Trophy, which is the league MVP, the uh, goal-scoring title, and the Art Ross Trophy, which is the scoring championship. The other players to have done that previously, Jean Beliveau, Guy Lafleur, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Sidney Crosby. Uh, how uh, how did the uh, Las Vegas crowd respond? Did they stick around and watch yes, the cup did. ceremony? They did. They waited uh, to give their team one more cheer uh, when they went off the ice after the handshake, and then, yeah, it looked like a lot of them stuck around. Although, ton of a lot of Caps fans. fans. Yeah, the TV guys, Eddie Olchick, I think he said he thought it was 37% Caps fans. I saw a lot of red. Which was pretty detailed, if you ask me. 37 is precise. Yeah. That's not exactly a guesstimate. <laughs> there was a lot of them. You could hear them during the game. Uh, Washington uh, is the second Stanley Cup champion to win despite having trailed in all four playoff rounds. Uh, the previous team to do that, your 1991 Pittsburgh Penguins. I left when uh, Detroit won it here, and I don't care. It's, you know, it's up to you. I know. I, I know you're supposed to stay and watch it, but I was. I wanted. I it was too painful. I couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm not putting myself through this. I just paid how much money for this ticket? Now I have to suffer and be miserable. Yeah. No way. I, I guess I find the cup mesmerizing. And the NHL does a lot of stuff wrong. There was long stretches in that game last night where there were no rules. It was just, you know. Guys are punching hack, people whack, in the face. Whatever. Yeah. You know, and that was just considered good, hard competition with the trophy at stake. Um, there's something about that Stanley Cup. It is, I know. It is a unique. Everybody's got a trophy, but that one is so far ahead of all the other ones. It, it, it's not. It's almost not even worth mentioning the other ones. Well, no. Now that the Penguins won as many as they did, and I got to see them hoist it as many times as I have, and I wish been they a lot easier. I wish I would have stayed yeah. and and endured that, so I would have been able to claim that I had the integrity to sit there and be a good <laughs> sports fan. But I didn't, and I couldn't, and uh, I I I ran out of there. Well, it's easy for Vegas to have integrity. It's their first year. Yeah. Wait, you've been around a block a few times. I don't know how I would have reacted in that situation, to be honest with you. I think if you're a fan of them, they're like, this this is house money. Yes. Your your deal with the Penguins. Yeah. You know, when you get that close. I I hated that Red Wings team so much. I hated Babcock. (laughs) I I really couldn't stand there and see it happen on our ice. No, I'm a poor sport. Yeah. Especially when we had it. Both of those... Hey, at least you didn't stay and throw full beer cans. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I did. I just threw them down my throat. Oh. And when I say full beer cans, I mean they were 
full of something else. Full of something else. Just out. After beer. Of Hosa's reach. Could have tied it. Just. Just a bit outside. Never forget that dumb stuff, you know? Yeah. Just, I remember that feeling. I remember running out. Happy ending the next Of the arena, like, super pissed. Because then you're, you've just invested so much time. That's the one thing that felt nice last night was I turned off the game. When Pelly, Smith Pelly tied it up, I'm like, well, this is going to be too stressful. I'm going to bed. Yep. I got no blood. I don't need to get worked <laughs> out about a game I actually don't care about. I mean, I do care about it, but, you know. Yeah. You didn't want to see him win again. These are my teams. I don't want to see that team win. The only good result is if the, the, you know, the flower can push it to a, a game six. And uh, I don't, uh, that's not enough reward. It just keep, felt like keep it me up over. another hour. Since you turned it off, you missed that poignant moment at the end of the game. I, I love this. Uh, NBC does this every year. They put a bunch of live mics on the ice. Just F-bombs galore. Oh, my. And Ovechkin Boobs. goes up to hus- hug Niskin in, and all you hear is, oh, my effing God. <laughs> it was just, they're all over. There's a picture that everybody's sharing where, Ovechkin has the cup over, you know, he's hoisting it above his head, and there's some chick right up against the glass oh, with, I missed, I missed with her that. two cups out. I missed that. And Birakovsky's <laughs> giving her a standing ovation. It's hilarious. It was also a, an incredibly emotional interview, believe it or not, Jeremy Roenick and TJ Oshie, and he asked uh, TJ how his parents yeah. were going to feel about this. And I don't know if Jeremy Roenick knew this or not, but TJ Oshie's dad has Alzheimer's, and Oshie got really emotional. He said, my dad, I'm paraphrasing here, he said, my dad doesn't remember a whole lot right now, but he's going to remember this forever, and he was welling yeah. up. And, he he yeah. was in the building, too, yeah. last night. I know you're a big Oshie fan, American. Absolutely. American Olympic hero, even though it was in the Olympics where we didn't really do anything. I was going to say. Hey, he had that one shootout, though. Beat the Russians. That's that's That qualifies. All right. I'm feeling feelings I've never felt before. Like I, I, you know, I wasn't nearly as upset as I thought I'd be that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Well, that's because of who they beat. Correct. Yeah. But still, well, I rooting for Philly for me. I can't wait for next year because I know the, the Penguins and the Capitals had a perceived rivalry, and I know the Penguins fans already hated the Capitals. But I was kind of in Damashek's corner on this one, where he said, "Like, how can you call this? A, how can you call it a rivalry when you beat them every time?" Well, now the Capitals have have taken something from the Penguins. They yep. took, they took them out of the postseason and they took their championship away. Mm-hmm. So now that that hate ought to really be uh, boiling, stewing next season. Uh, it's stewing right now. Just the way you phrase it's pissing me off. As Doc Emmerich put it last night, <laughs> training camps will open approximately September thirteenth. They took something from us. They took your championship, Bill. You had it for two years. I'm not happy about it, Mike. They came in and took it. Now they're drinking out of it and doing God knows what else with it. That's all right. I know what we did to it the last two years. <laughs> yeah. You can have my girlfriend. I'm done yeah. with it. <laughs> Pirates lose again to the Dodgers 8-7. to seven. The Dodgers didn't have a starting pitcher. The rookie who was going to make his uh, first major league start, Dennis Santana, came up with a lat injury just before the game. So L.A. went with nine relievers and beat the Pirates 8-7. Bucks fall back to 500 at 31. And 31, they are uh, in Chicago this afternoon for the first three against the Cubs. They are in trouble. They are. 
They are. They are in I, trouble. I concur. Uh, they got to go to Chicago this week, and it could get very ugly. Chad Cool against Mike Montgomery. And the Steelers completed OTAs yesterday. They got through their scheduled OTA sessions. You might say, what's the big deal about that? Well, the Ravens couldn't do that. Uh, they got fined by the NFL. Head coach John Harbaugh got fined by the NFL. And Baltimore's last two OTAs yesterday and today canceled by the league. Because he's such a hard ass. Improper uh, contact during pass Yeah, he drill. always does I it. I like this. They always hit during OTAs. He, isn't this the, is it the second or third time he's got busted for this? Uh, I don't recall them being having practices canceled before. He's definitely been called out for this kind of stuff before. Some good coach-player relations going on in the wake of this. Uh, John Harbaugh said in a statement that uh, the Ravens have, quote, heavily emphasized the CBA pass coverage rules in meetings and coached them diligently and done everything within our power and ability to practice within the rules. In other words, he's blaming his players. Harbaugh's still a douche. The world is all right. Val, what do you got? I'll tell you why you should be stocking up on the Irish whiskey coming up. Well, you don't even have to tell me why. <laughs> it's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, producer Joe Rakiki. And uh, later we got Sean Collier reviewing some movies for you. Ocean's 8, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Fred Rogers documentary that is uh, being shown in select cities. We are one of them here in Pittsburgh. Being shown at the Waterfront and at the Manor, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, Hotel Artemis out in theaters this weekend. Comedian John Witherspoon will be with us at 8.15 this morning. He's at the Improv all weekend. You know him from uh, Fridays. And if you're uh, a uh, or Friday, if you are a... TGI Fridays. He's He hangs out there sometimes after the shows. If you're a comedy uh, aficionado, if you're a comedy nerd, you know what a legend John Witherspoon is. Legend. Going back to his days on the Richard Pryor show. And uh, also... His best buddy, David Letterman, and he started out the Comedy Store right around the same time. The Clarks are playing live for you today in the Coffee House. Kayla Skirman will be performing with them songs that she recorded on that album. At least one of the songs she she uh, did backing vocals on. They're big shows next Saturday. At Stage A. Yep. Uh, Going to be good times. No doubt about it. They'll be in studio 9.15 this morning. The Supreme Court decision last week about, well, I guess it was earlier in the week, about the Baker in Denver. Uh, a lot of people widely misunderstanding what that was all about, but a 7-2 decision saying, hey, the Baker, uh, a lot of people interpreted it as the Baker is allowed to do that. But what they really ruled was that the first condemnation of it legally in Colorado, whatever agency that was that conducted an investigation and then prosecuted for them, yeah. they said they did so unfairly. They didn't do that without bias. Uh, and that's what that was about. A lot of people misinterpreting that law. And a guy in Tennessee who has a hardware store, hardware store had a sign up yesterday that said, no gays allowed. <laughs> Not going to be yeah. any uh, gay hammers in here. So no prancing. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people were outraged by that, but the guy's actually done it before. He doesn't like gay people. And I would imagine that everybody in that Tennessee town knows that about that guy. And maybe agrees with him <laughs> being that it is the deep South. Uh, I kid, I kid my stereotypical bigoted uh, neighbors from the South. That's not, that's just a stereotype, Val. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know that to be true. Just a stereotype. But not every business is uh, is taking things uh, in that direction. Some people are going the other way and saying, hey, we really want uh, homosexuals here. Hey, are you gay and frustrated because you can't get a pizza in a Circle City? Well, come down to Giuseppe's Homo Pizzeria in downtown Indianapolis. We're homo the best pizza in town. We don't judge. We just make pizza. I'll make you a pizza if you're a lesbian, gay, bi-curious, transsexual, or whatever that Q one is. Don't bother me none. We don't judge. We just make pizza. We'll cater your wedding. Your transition surgery party, your coming out party, a furry sex party. No party is gay enough for Giuseppe's not to cater. We don't judge, we just make pizza. Get down to Giuseppe's and strap on your feed bag. You know what? Strap on whatever you want. We don't judge, we just make pizza. For the entire month of April, Giuseppe's is running a BOGO deal. Buy one, gay one. Get whatever fruit you want on a pie. Pile up a mountain of meat. We don't judge. We just make pizza. Lesbians, we can cut up your pizza for you, or you can scissor it at home with your lady friend. Either way, we don't judge. We just make pizza. Transsexuals, you want me to deliver it in a dress? Done. If you're bi-curious, you don't have to be curious about whether or not I'll come in and watch a whole American Pickers Marathon in your house. It's not a problem. Gay guys, you want to open mouth kiss me for payment? I got mints. We don't judge. We just make pizzas. Giuseppe's Homo Pizzeria. Homo the best pizza in town. We don't judge. We just make pizza. Drop by and pop in a back door today. Maybe get yourself a pizza too. See, right in Indianapolis, they're not uh, discriminating anymore. So that's nice. Mm -mm. All are welcome. Everybody. Come on in. The back door. Giuseppe's. <laughs> uh, Val's got news coming up. Better stock up on the Irish whiskey. I'll tell you why. Way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. <laughs> um, also, I want to remind you, the DB Comedy Fest has grown by two. The Burt Kreischer Podcast, Burtcast, Saturday, June 30th, is going to be recorded live at the Rex Theater. That's a 9 o'clock show. Tickets available through dve.com on the events page. Also... Uh, Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast earlier in the afternoon. That'll be a 420 start for uh, Doug. He starts everything at 420. And uh, being that Burt's show is going to be after that, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of... Uh, Cross-pollination. Yeah, probably. Uh, and uh, you can get tickets for that at dve.com. Have you heard of eco-anxiety? Apparently 72% of millennials suffer from it. Eco-anxiety is apparently the stress and uneasiness felt when watching, hearing, or reading negative news stories about the environment. I used to blindly throw things in the recycling bin like, it's glass, it'll get recycled. You know, like a jelly jar or something. You're like, oh, well, that jelly jar is going to get recycled. I've done my work here. But you have to, like, wash that stuff out. I did the same thing, but I love how that's kind of like almost a deal breaker for me. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to wash it? I want to save the earth, but <laughs> if it involves doing the dishes, <laughs> count me out. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. You know, I guess they're a little bit better about it now. I guess, uh, I mean, you got to wash stuff out a little bit at least, but 
they have gotten a lot better at recycling. And they, I was reading somewhere where, um, boy, was it Artsfest the first weekend? How much garbage they were able to parse through and recycle? At any Not rate, sure. I think I think that might have been it. Uh, might have been Kenny. I don't know. I was uh, I was down at Artsfest last night, uh-huh. and they had a um, arts and crafts station set up for the kids. And it was all recycled material that they were have, helping the kids make artwork with. They have volunteers standing above the recycling bins so they can tell you where your garbage should go. There's people hanging out going, no, that can go into compost. That can go here. You know, stuff like that. So it's helpful. Good. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, I'm doing my part. Nothing but pasta straws going forward. That's it. <laughs> hey, you went to Italian oven back in 93, right? Absolutely. You saved all your straws. That's right. No doubt about it. I mean, did you see that whale? That washed up dead with 18 plastic bags in its stomach or whatever. Like 64 pounds of garbage. Doesn't it seem like that probably happens all the time? It does happen all the time. Well, that's why I was wondering why that became a big story. Maybe because it was 64 pounds. Yeah. The tonnage. Maybe it was like off the coast of a Kenny Chesney concert or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they had 20... One tons, right? Or 25 tons of garbage from Kenny Chesney. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Do they weigh the, the garbage for anybody else's concert or just for Kenny? I want to know what it is for a Steelers game. Yeah, that was my question. How does that compare? I'm sure that they they have figures and they know. I know, but they don't put it in the story. Like, for some reason now, it's what's the tonnage of the trash behind the Kenny Chesney concert? People get very upset <laughs> yeah, about the Kenny that's, tra- that's- trash. Which is dumb because it's, dumb. It's, it's cleaned up almost immediately. If it the one year it did kind of sit there and fester for a couple of days, that mm-hmm. you know, hey, we're not Bombay, damn it. But <laughs> when it's cleaned up right away, who cares? And if if it was if people taking dumps on the steps of the cathedral, learning, I mean, I could see people being up in arms. It's a parking lot. Yeah, it is a parking lot. And those people that own that parking lot probably made uh, seven figures. Here's a recycling bag. Here's a Mike's Hard Lemonade box to poop in. (laughs) Here's some kitty litter. Have at it. There's just somebody standing there. You should poop in that box. (laughs) Throw your beers in this one. Yeah, they have volunteers. (laughs) What do you got, Val? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Dozier. It's 60 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Police continue to investigate what... Could have been bad, but was really pretty amusing yesterday. A naked man running the streets. The unidentified man (laughs) ran along Fort Duquesne Boulevard onto the Fort Duquesne Bridge and Carson Street. And according to the Trib, he scaled Mount Washington. I this wow. is this is like a superhero naked man. Yeah, this is this is way past streaking. This is like a the streaking triathlon. But the one picture of him, he looks like he was just jogging, yeah. like yeah. somebody with clothes on, just like do 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 do. He's working like a twelve minute pace. Well, yeah, ha- yeah. I mean, it would. Uh, you can't do a walk run when you're naked. You know, you have to be at a pretty good gait. Step it up a little. Yeah. yeah. Police. But you don't want to run too fast because then it's weird and, you know, you could really injure yourself. That's true. Police say the man told them he was attacked by several men who stole his clothing yesterday morning. Ah, the old naked bandits <laughs> strike once again. <laughs> he was taken to a hospital to be treated for minor injuries. Sightings of the man did cause a number of calls to 911 before police caught up with him on Grandview Avenue. This is one of those... Taking in the sights. Like... <laughs> Things that I think there's some weird like group thing things that happens because he was seen in so many different parts of town. Everywhere. 
And I can't imagine he made his way around that easily on foot from the... By the way, which direction was he going there on the bridge? It looked like he, he was, was going inbound. No, he was... He was, I thought he was, he was going, going outbound. outbound. All right, so he was going outbound, and then what did he do? He took a left and then jumped over, or, up, or no, he went down to the right and then up to the, the hill West to the Mount, Mount Washington, the West End ramp. I think that's the way I interpreted it. He's got to be in insane shape because he was on the south side, and then ran straight over Carson Street, got up on the Fort Pitt Bridge, ran over, and then scaled the mountain. What did he get, so, climb up the the incline tracks like Orphan Annie? Well, how did he do it? I don't know. And he was in his bare feet. He didn't even have shoes on. I was going to say maybe he took the incline, but where would he have kept the money? Do you think when he got up onto Fort Pitt on the bridge and he was like jogging that he stopped and jogged in place for a little bit and looked at all the signs to figure out where he was supposed to run next? He's like, wait, that one's left. All right, that one's West End Circle. Right. Uh, The tunnel. Merge. I don't understand this uh, story at all. Clearly he's on drugs. I mean, dude had to be all lit up. On some take off your clothes drug. Maybe it's some art installation for the arts festival. Ah, I hadn't thought of that. The new soy bomb. <laughs> or just, just bath salts. Just good old fashioned bath good, salts. Good old fashioned bath salts. What isn't there another drug where people take off their clothes all the time? Mm, don't know. Um ecstasy? No. Is but, it because your body temperature goes up yeah, so much? It might be ecstasy, but I'm not thinking it's not like MDMA doesn't have that profound of an effect typically. No, I I know what you're talking about, and it's it has a weird yeah like new name that oh, yes right. yes yes yes. There's another drug out there. Ah, oh, what is it called? Anyway, I don't know. Bill some, and I will find a bunch and do it some, at lunch and tell you. Yeah. About. <laughs> Go uh, for a jog. Yes. According to a new study, we waste an average of 42 minutes each day doing stuff like waiting for friends, standing in line, sitting in traffic, watching naked guys run by, <laughs> and watching the microwave cook our food. That's the equivalent of 11 days a year we waste. The survey also found that if we were able to get back all that wasted time, 27% of us would like to microwave more stuff. Learn how to play an instrument. See, see, this is stupid because the idea that microwaving something is wasting time is historically inaccurate. It's ignorant. Like, people used to have to hunt for their food. It takes one minute. To cook something you bought at a grocery store. You're not wasting time there. That's a time saver. 13% say they would write a novel. Huh. All that, uh, all that's standing in the way of you and literary success yeah. is <laughs> watching your the food. Boy the boy who stopped watching his food <laughs> exactly. in the microwave. I'd like to hear that pitch to Simon Schuster. <laughs> 15%. It's about a baked potato. <laughs> 15% would exercise, 16, uh, 6% would master a martial art. No, you wouldn't. None of that stuff would happen no. because you'd be doing it anyways. You know, putting your stofers in the <laughs> microwave is not keeping you from getting a uh, <laughs> right. jiu-jitsu. <laughs> like, I really want to learn how to do kung fu, Ugh. but this Tetrazzini. <laughs> because of increased demand, it looks like we're headed for a shortage of Irish whiskey. Sales of the stuff have been going up for decades, and whiskey producers have been doing their best to keep up with supply. But the problem is that Irish whiskey needs to be aged. Uh, the whiskey they are distilling now shouldn't be sold for another seven years. So if demand continues to increase, eventually we may have a crisis on our hands with no more whiskey in barrels or on the shelves. Bunch of young whiskeys. 
So industry insiders are suggesting that you stock up now. I got a lot. <laughs> You're ready. Yes, you do. You have a bar full. Well, because people always buy it for me because they're like, you like Jameson. So it's a good gift. If you have a bar, if you have a bar in your basement, it's a great gift to get, right? Because then there's no pressure to ever really drink it. I just don't drink it like I used to. I can't. I don't have the next day to give up anymore. Like I used to be, no. able, you know, I used to be able to rebound a lot easier. And now three or four shots of JMO means I'm going to be. <laughs> did you just ooh? Yeah. That, yeah, that, that just, I think that just gave Val a hangover. The biggest problem for me is that it gets me going. Like if I start doing JMOs, I'm not like, all right, I'm drunk, I'm done. I'm like, You're fired yeah, up. let's go. Who wants to run across the bridge? You and Steve Byrne. I know, I dude. swear to God. It's it, like the whiskey touched your lips and all of a sudden you're Ron Burgundy. It's my spinach. <laughs> it's like spinach for Popeye, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I don't get angry. I'm a very happy, loud Irish whiskey drunk, but I know as soon as I do it, I'm having at least four more beers. Like I'm just go Don't you find that at all, Sean? You're an Irish uh, of Irish descent. Or is it calm you down? No, Tony no. Wh- wh- whiskey is almost whiskey is like the fries on the side of the sandwich that is the beer. You know, you're like I'm having I'm having a night full of beer. I'll have a little bit of whiskey too. It doesn't even register, and then you realize that you w- once knew how to walk, and now you don't. Anymore. That's the dangerous part when you have the sidecars, right? When you're just you got one sitting on the side that you're just sipping just for the taste. Do you a little do one it. two. All of a sudden, you're four five three. That's what me and Bartnick did last Can't time he was in it. town. I can drink. 25 beers in a row. I've seen it. 49 Michelob Ultras. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And not feel bad the next day. If I have one whiskey in there, done. For a week. It's a delicate delicate balance. You have to figure out which works best for you. I know people who drink tequila and nothing else, and they're fine. They don't get like hooting and hollering. I That's ta- crazy. As soon as I do tequila, I'm on spring break. I can't do that oh, stuff. Yeah. I think Steve McKenna gave me a shot of whiskey once, and it almost came right back up. I was with you. No, at, down at uh, wasn't it that night we were at uh, Alder Bar? Matrix? No, <laughs> Matrix. Was it Rock Jungle. Remember Matrix. Yeah, but I don't remember being there with you God, and Steve I thought, McKenna. I thought you were there with us that night. No, when he was, was on the it bar. Margarita Mamas? What no, was it? No, it was definitely at Alder Bar. Okay, he was the best. I loved that guy. It was like shot. It almost just came right uh, back. Just almost came like right back. Ep- I really had to, syrup. I really had to choke it down. Oh yeah, this is this has been Rick Seabag's. This has been Rick Seabag's bars. We don't mind aren't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine that that's gone. Matrix was a great idea. Come on. By the way, they're building Seven up something different down there. Clubs in one. <laughs> Matrix is up. You don't like this bar? Walk fifteen feet. <laughs> There's a whole different vibe. There's another bar you won't like. There were two bars like that there. Two, three section bars. Yep. Rock Jungle? There was ma- No, there was the Matrix hat Cluster. trick. Yeah. And then the other one had the country bar in it. Oh, yeah. The one which the- I don't- Saddle Ridge. Yeah, and then there were two other- Margarita Mamas. Places. I think Saddle Ridge was post-Matrix, if I'm yes. not- Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Matrix. And, <laughs> and, and, and Saddle Ridge- was what where Rock Jungle used to be, and really it was just Rock Jungle with hay. Yeah. Like they just brought in a couple bales of hay and a a, a wild bull. A, a real one? You, you mean a mechanical bull? No, 
A oh, real one. Oh, okay. They a brought in a bull. wild bull. They had a wild bull. They got sued. Anyway. <laughs> and then they brought in a mechanic. Lots of whiskey one. consumed down there. So stock up yes, on it whiskey. Might, yeah. mm-hmm. you know Filthy what? McNasties. Do you remember you, that? Oh, do I? Are you kidding me? That replaced Rod Woodson's, I believe. It was in that same place. I can't remember if it was right after. That doomed corner spot that, yeah. ne- that nothing Hooters. good ever came from. Was it the Hooters? Hooters. It was, it was Hooters the Pittsburgh Sports Garden, I think, was the very first thing that was in there. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? It sounds yes. like something you'd yeah. go to in Munich. It had a, it had oh, a we're going to boxing this, ring in it? Going to have a very crisp beer and watch a horse race. It'll be great. Yeah. There's but, live horses in here. <laughs> for some reason, that area, it always seems to be like, it all sounds like a good idea, and then it never ends up com- coming to fruition. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, there's nothing there now, right? No, it's They're just building something. Lot. Oh, are they? Are they? Yeah, I drove past it the other day. I, I, was above, I must have been going up to Mount Washington or something, but I saw it. It's a streak. It's, yeah, I was streaking <laughs> <laughs> up the side of the mountain. I was doing my Peter Parker up the side <laughs> of Mount Worsh. That's the thing about the guy. I just don't understand his his athleticism. The naked guy, the news found every single person that saw him because I saw 65 different accounts. They must have gone out and interviewed everybody. And he was never caught. <laughs> that, no, that, that's the crazy part, isn't it? Yeah, no, they got him. When? He's in the hospital. Oh, because for a long time they were like, and they still have not caught this guy. They like, found him on it, Grandview It Avenue. had to be nine hours to get from point A to, to point Z. How great is it? He's on Mount. Or he's on Mount Washington. They find him on Grandview Avenue. Someone's taking their aunt up there to take look, <laughs> look at the overlook. Just some naked forest gump running by. You're like, ah, oh. <laughs> sorry. He has to run through some fast and furious biker gang <laughs> that hangs out up there. A lot of prom pictures, just right. with a <laughs> with a flesh colored blur in the background. Whoa. Put a corsage on that, dude. <laughs> uh, this story out of Forestdale, Alabama, which is a town of about 10,000 people. It happened this week. A woman went into the bank there and handed the manager a bank robbery note with two options. Give her $6,000 from the vault and she would perform a sex favor on him. Or don't give her the money and she'd claim sexual assault. Fortunately, the bank manager didn't have to make that choice. Police quickly arrived and arrested her. Whitney Houston's old Bible is up for grabs. The item is being sold by her former landlord. It's expected to get $95,000. It was left behind behind at a home in Newport Beach uh, that she rented from 2009 to 2011. The landlord found some old clothes and CDs, and they said, ah, just keep it all. Uh, the Bible reportedly contains notes written by the late singer about her family. Have you seen the trailer for the new documentary? There's another one that's out. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's basically the same, all the same stuff, but pretty interesting about her family and her life and her, her mom and her best girlfriend who people suspected there was some gay relationship between the two of them and the, this woman fighting oh. with Bobby Brown and that, that story is not, didn't somebody use the picture of her? bathroom as an album cover yeah yeah kanye bought it and used it for push a t that's what it was his album she uh like as more comes out about it wasn't the bathroom that she died in it was her home bathroom okay and it was like a total drug addict's bathroom like it's it's trashed it looked exactly like mine (laughs) 
<laughs> There's no way your bathroom looks this bad. If it does, you should burn your house down. <laughs> no, they didn't have like ashtrays and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah it, was like, it was just packed with stuff. Just paraphernalia. Bottles, yeah. like lining and up her and daughter stuff. ends up dying in a similar way. Ah, yeah. Horrific. Tragedy. And, yeah. I mean, the stories of her, uh, you know, the alleged abuse she suffered as a young kid to, mm-hmm. like he said, the thing with her girlfriend and that battle. That's... And just her talent. Like, that's, to me, that's yeah. just one of the saddest parts of it is that she really squandered her talent that was unrivaled, in my opinion. And like, they they boxed out that that woman who was like her only savior. Yeah. They basically were like, hey, she's the one who's talking sense to Whitney. We got to get rid of her. Sad. Dakota Fanning has joined the cast of Quentin Tarantino's Charles Manson drama Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She'll play Squeaky Fromm, which I think she would be good for that role. She looks exactly like my niece. Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. No, Squeaky Fromm. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Motorhead set to release its official road crew beer in the U.S. on June 23rd, brewed by Kalamazoo's Arcadia Brewing Company. The American IPA will be available initially in the Great Lakes region, with further regional launches scheduled in the near future. Meanwhile, a launch party is set to take place at Arcadia's Brewery Pub and Beer Garden, which features Lemmy's Lounge. And Randy, you said the other day you wanted to talk about all the beers and food things that rock stars have. Yeah, oh, yeah, like all of the endorsed yeah. items, like the Joe Perry hot sauce. There are too many. We could talk for uh, like two hours about I know, it. but I wanted to find the funniest ones. I found like one Like the most list. inconsequential ones. Right. I, like the ones oh, like Joe Perry, I understand. But when the bass player from uh, Keel has his own <laughs> salsa. I Johnny think- Winter has screaming demon hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny Winter's allowed to have hot sauce. Does, uh, does ACDC have hot sauce? Because they, every single one of their songs sounds like it could be a hot sauce. They have a lot of wines. They have several wines. <laughs> the title of every ACDC I song mean, pretty much. could be a hot Thunderstruck. sauce. Thunderstruck. <laughs> Highway to hell. hell. Back in black. Hell's bells. <laughs> they have a beer. They have... Um, you shook me all night long. <laughs> back in black Shiraz. Also ACDC The Wine. <laughs> why, why, Is this like, the band why? or the wine? <laughs> Am I drinking the band? Uh, no? Queen has Killer Queen vodka. Billy Gibbons has Pure Vita tequila. It's I see the police synchronicity. Yeah. This wine. is sort of on brand. I'm surprised the police. Yeah. Do Holland Oats have anything? I could not find. They're here Holland this Oats. weekend, and I want to take them some backstage. Who, Mustache wax. <laughs> Bob Dylan. No, has- but there is a mustache cartoon about Hall, like about Oats. Tiny Oats's mustache. Yeah. Um, it's just his mustache. Bob Dylan has a premium handcrafted whiskey. Hootie has got his own whiskey. Adam Levine and Sammy Hagar have Santo Mezquila, a combination of mezcal and tequila. Sammy's also got his rum. Yeah, Sammy is loaded from the, his booze. He, I don't know how much money he made from the tequila, but fifty it was, million on the sale. Yeah, just just the sale of the business. Right. That's not to say how much he made before that. Right. Dang. Uh, Kenny Chesney, Blue Chair Bay Rum. Yep. That's what they were selling at the stadium. Yeah. That's why he does those stadium shows. He does. That's it's. You know, welded into his contract. Zach Wild has several hot sauces. Oh, I would not take any Zach Wild food products the at all. Original Berserker, <laughs> Sonic Brew, Stronger Than Death, and Shot to Hell. <laughs> I don't want a hot sauce that says Shot to Hell. Berserker. Maryland. These guys, you know what they should start endorsing? Like, 
whatever pharmaceuticals they've used to like level themselves out and get off drugs. I want to see Zach Wild's lithium and yeah. like <laughs> Joey Kramer has rockin' and roasting organic Guatemala coffee. Ozzy Zola. That's kind of that's a little too foo foo for uh, for Aerosmith. For a rock star, yeah. Uh, Michael Anthony has Mad Anthony hot sauce. Yeah. Billy Gibbons also has a hot sauce. Marilyn Manson has his own absinthe. Oh no way! It's called I... Manson. <laughs> oh. Well, they named it right. I mean, that's fine, but Ugh. just feels Sean, like. Have you ever partook? I know you're a Manson fan. Uh, I haven't tried the Manson, th- but uh, listen, if I went out to Star Lake and they were like, "Do you want a twelve dollar Bud Light or do you want some Manson?" I'm here. Give me the Manson. Vince Neil has a tequila. <laughs> of course he does, dude. You know Vince Neil is like Vince Neil. Let's just do donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just too many. Steven too Tyler missed So like all those guys, I, you know, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, but no, that's not what, what, what we just wanted to talk about. If Kenny it, G had a cheese plate, Kenny cheeses. Come on, it's right there. <laughs> don't, don't, don't talk like that about Kenny. <laughs> oh my God. Iron Maiden has a bunch of beers. Because they're badass. Jeff Leppard has a pale ale. Iron Maiden, yeah, see that? Like... Somebody was yeah. posting about that last week. The difference between Def Leppard having a beer and Iron Maiden having a beer. Like Which Iron are, Maiden yeah. is like a hilarious tongue-in-cheek, Eddie on the cover type stuff, and Def Leppard is like taking itself a little too serious with their beer. Which I think they sold, or th- I read that they were going to sell them, sell it on tour. So I don't know if they had it at the arena last week or not. My I, brother had a Def Leppard mirror that he wanted a Butler County Fair. Dude, me too. I had a Led Zeppelin and a Def Leppard mirror. It's pretty sweet. It's awesome. I, I still have them, and I I hot glued a beer tab onto the back of it to hang it. <laughs> that's how I hung it that's on the wall. Uh, pretty hipster because it you. didn't have one. It wasn't that's... hipster. <laughs> my, my dad was, was like, "Hot glue a beer tab onto there," and I was like, "Good idea." That's resourceful. Yeah, I think it stuck around for a while. I had a rush one. What was it? Twenty one twelve. I had the rush mirror. Yeah, I had a Van Halen, a couple you, Van Halen ones. You ever fill your pants with like rocks and go on the uh, guess your weight thing at Darien Lake or uh, no? Oh yeah, man, that's how you won the mirrors. Val <laughs> didn't know where that question was going. <laughs> you ever fill your pants, pants with, with rocks? Uh, uh, you ever fill your pants with rocks and just sit there for a long time <laughs> <laughs> and eat Joey Kramer's hot sauce? <laughs> Forecast today uh, looks like some sunshine. Temperatures around eighty. Rain moving in tomorrow. It's sixty at DVE. Sean Collier will have some movie reviews for you. <laughs> Pittsburgh Magazine's own Sean Collier will review Ocean's Eight, the new female reboot. Yes. Also, won't you be my neighbor? The brand new Fred Rogers documentary. I cry every time I see that trailer. I, 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 what yeah, if I? Too. What would happen if I didn't like it? I, can, um, I, I just I have to go have home. To lie. Come over this board. Yeah, I know. The naked guy would run into the studio, <laughs> put you on his shoulders, and run you across the bridge, hurl you into the river. Uh, Hotel Artemis, also another movie. That's the Jodie Foster uh, uh, Hospital for Criminals movie, right? So, yeah, her first weird. on-screen appearance in five years is a weird action movie. Uh, legendary uh, comic John Witherspoon, 815, and the Clarks live in studio this morning. At 9.15 with special guest Kayla Skirman. She's going to be singing with them. Uh, She's featured on their brand new album, which is awesome. I really dig this album. Their big Mm -hmm. show at Stage AE is next Saturday. You can get your tickets for that right now. Ticketmaster and Stage AE box. DVE Sports. Well, uh, introducing this sports segment with some terribly sad news that is breaking. CNN has confirmed Anthony Bourdain has died at the age of 61. 
and they have confirmed the cause of death was suicide. He was filming an episode of his uh, television show in Paris. He was in uh, he was in France, and uh, his close friend is it Eric Repair, the French chef, found Bourdain unresponsive in his hotel room Friday morning. CNN has confirmed. Cause of death was suicide. That is oh horrific God. news. Yeah, that's terrible. Shocking. Terrib- terrible. Totally shocking. Mm-hmm. A guy you would thought was, uh, you know, he he openly talked about his demons and and dealing with them, but boy, uh, that one was unexpected. So I hate to uh, give you a transition like that, uh, Mike, but uh, had to get that news out there. It's just terribly sad news. He, that guy was, uh, he really I thought cr- he was pretty badass, man. Like. <laughs> I I dug his show. I know people were upset about you know the the angle that he took with his parts unknown show here, but I thought that that guy had kind of figured things out. He seemed to me to be a guy who was just on the right side of things. I you agree. Just, you just never know what's inside of someone. No, you don't. And um, on the CNN, uh, or rather, uh, within the CNN report. God, I cannot believe this. Of course, there's trolls all over it. The one important thing to note is if that you or someone you know is hurting, that there is help available for you. You should call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. Terrible news to uh, start off this uh, 730 sportscast with there, Mikey, but oh, man. You watched that show, didn't you? Yeah, I. I thought Parts Unknown was good, but I liked the original one where he was just going around eating everything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he seemed to have the best life possible. Yeah, he struck me. I mean, I wa- I didn't watch it religiously, but I've seen it. I'm familiar with it and with him. And he struck me as one of those guys that wow, he made it. He's world he's, traveler. He's well got versed it all. And... He's doing everything he wants to do in life and enjoying the hell out of right. it. He also seems like one of those guys where everybody felt like, oh, I I bet I'd get along good with him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I bet I could. I bet he just sits in a, in a room and everybody's. Uh, good guy to have a beer. Yeah. He, you know, yeah, I'll disagree with you on this and that, but. Uh, well, because he could be anywhere. He could be eating rice with monks in the Himalayas, and then he could be hanging out with somebody in a bowling alley in Blonox. Terrible news on the wake of the, the Cade Spade news, this past, news of this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is rough stuff. Once again, help is available in the National Suicide prevention hotline 1-800 sorry my computer is refreshing 1-800-273-8255 1-800-273-8255 and uh surely you'll be hearing more about that as the week moves forward all right mike sorry to give you such a bummer to start out on the Stanley Cup, the Washington Capitals won last night in Vegas. Is Alex Ovechkin's more than it is anyone else's, but in the immediate aftermath of the Caps 4-3 Game 5 victory over the Vegas Golden Knights, the moment became T.J. Oshie's. Here's Oshie on the ice with NBC, NBC's Jeremy Roenick. Talk about your family. Winning the Stanley Cup, it means a lot to you, but it also means a lot to your close family, your dad, your mom. Talk about them. Yeah. Uh, my dad, uh, oh, boy. He doesn't, uh, 
he doesn't remember uh, a lot of stuff uh, these days. Um, he remembers enough, but I tell you what, he's here tonight. I don't know where he's at, but uh, this one will stick with him forever. You can guarantee that. Incredible stuff from T.J. Oshie, and mm-hmm. uh, you guys have heard me talk about him uh, good-naturedly over the years as an American hero ever since that uh, shootout performance in the 2014 Olympics in Sochi. Remember, the U.S. Oh, yeah. the U.S. and Russia went to a shootout, and in international rules, you have to use three different shooters, and then you can use whoever you want. So Oshie was one of the first three guys Dan Bilesma used, and then uh, after that, Bilesma sent him back out there five more times. And he ended up scoring uh, four goals on six attempts in what became a 3-2 to two victory over Sergei Bobrovsky and Russia. Didn't end up going anywhere. We didn't get the gold medal. but Highlight of that Olympics. It was a U.S.-Russia game in an Olympics. So yeah. That's about as good as it gets for me. And T.J. Oshie, his backstory is uh, one of modern-day U.S. hockey, you know, the post-1980 Olympics generation where the game grew. Uh, he was born in Everett, Washington, Wound up going to high school in Warroad, Minnesota. His parents divorced, and he ended up living with his dad in Warroad, Minnesota. Warroad, Minnesota, according to the U.S. Uh, 2010 census, had 1,781 people in it. And it has produced uh, Bill Christian, who was on the 1960 U.S. gold medal winning Olympic team. Dave Christian, who was on the 1980 U.S. gold medal winning Olympic team. And T.J. Oshie won a couple of state titles there as a high school player, went on to the University of North Dakota, which is a hockey factory. Then he was drafted by the Blues. He ends up with the Caps. And he, uh, like Alex Ovechkin, has been chasing that championship for a long, long time. And uh, the emotion of that moment, I don't know if Jerry, Jeremy Roenick knew where he was going with that question or if he was just I think he did. Sounded it, like he did. He had it to. out there. But uh, what a response. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you get on live TV after championships are won. You also get a lot of F-bombs, which the Caps, especially Ovi, uh, gleefully provided. Vegas had the lead going into the third period, Mike. Yeah. and uh, much At home. Like the Penguins against Washington, they couldn't hold it. And uh, the Caps did it the hard way. They trailed in every series. They were down uh, 2 nothing to the Blue Jackets, one nothing to the Pens, 3-2 to the Lightning, and one nothing to the Golden Knights. And uh, none of that mattered. Uh, that makes Washington the second team to win the Cup in such a fashion, joining the 1991 Pittsburgh Penguins. Alex Ovechkin, uh, the Smythe Trophy winner, is the MVP of the postseason. He scored his NHL-leading 15th playoff goal in last night's 4-3 win, and uh, this is a really compelling stat. Uh, if you're wondering what Alex Ovechkin's legacy is going to be now that he has won the Cup, mm-hmm. he uh, becomes the sixth player all time to win the Stanley Cup, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Hart Trophy, the goal scoring title, which now is known as the uh, Rocket Richard Trophy, but hasn't always mm-hmm. been, and the Art Ross Trophy. The other guys to do that are Jean Beliveau, Guy Lafleur, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Sidney Crosby. So that is a that rarefied is a hell of a, air. Hell of a six pack right there. He was elite in this run, no doubt about it. And even last night, you know, he, he scored uh, that power play goal. Uh, he took a penalty, but he did it diving to try to catch up to William Carlson on what looked like a real good scoring chance for the Knights. He drew a penalty right after Vegas scored to tie the game, uh, driving the puck to the net, which set up his power play goal. He hit everything that moved. I've never seen Alex Ovechkin play better. 
He's always been able to score goals. There are times in his career when he's been out of control, running around, uh, doing stupid stuff. There are times when he just hasn't been as engaged as he's needed to be. And there are times like last year where the scoring touch kind of eluded him, relatively speaking. But uh, he put it back together this year. What what a season. And uh, hats off to the Caps. They waited 43 years. Only the Los Angeles Kings, who needed 44 years to win their first cup, had to wait longer for cup number one. Look, Mike, he was he was well-deserving of the Conn Smythe, but I don't think they get there and win it without Holpe and what he did. No. I, I, Smith I, I agree. I agree. In <laughs> Smith, the final. Smith Pelly got another one last night. A diving. While he was getting tripped. Yeah, it's crazy. It was his seventh playoff goal in 24 games. He scored seven in 75 regular season games. Didn't he have three in a row in the final? Games in a row, yeah. yeah. Mr. Postseason. Didn't do that all year either. Uh, that was that was a fun series. It was fun playoffs. And uh, as Doc pointed out last night, mid-September is when everybody's going to go to camp. Penn's cap stuff's going to get really fun now. And that Vegas hangover is going to be tough. Do you think the league Oof. will schedule it so the Penn's are the Caps' home opener next year? Well, if they have a sense of humor, they will. For the uh, cup, for the uh, banner raising? Banner raising. Oh, dear Lord. I think the Caps might request that. Can we T- get Reeves back just for that game? Ted Leonsis won't block the tickets from Pittsburgh. Hey, come on down. Oh, no, he will. He won't. He wouldn't want that. No. no. They'd, they'd drown come out on, that come entire on. ceremony. He's probably just a tad bit disappointed because there are reports that uh, had there been a game six Sunday, that was going to be the most expensive face value ticket price in NHL history. Did you see how many people were celebrating and watching last night outside of the arena? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think they had about uh, 15,000 or so, give or take, in the That's, arena. Yeah. The, the Stanley Cup does that. It, it is amazing. It, it is amazing. And, uh, you know, we've been so lucky here. I, is there anybody in Pittsburgh who hasn't seen the Cup the last two years or gotten, <laughs> gotten their picture taken with it or been at a party with it or, you know, had yeah, it come been in? along the parade route. Is there anybody who hasn't had to come in their radio studio? <laughs> in, in their place of work where yeah, they can hang out? one of our co-workers, and he's very upset about it, Mike. Oh, yeah, double M. Don't bring that up. Very upset. All right, Sean Collier, when we return, uh, reviewing <laughs> uh, Ocean's 8, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the new Fred Rogers documentary. And uh, we got the Clarks in studio performing live in the 9 o'clock. I use the word horrific a lot this week. It seemed to be appropriately too many times. Yeah. Uh, that, I don't know. I, that Anthony Bourdain news is just so shocking and I, you know, I didn't have any sort of special affection for him outside of like I admired what he did. I watched the show intermittently. I never read the book, or he probably has like three or four of them. Yeah, you know. But I just like Doug. I liked who he was. I liked what he. Yeah, me too. Stood for and I had I admired his his career path. I mean, it it seemed to be that he just kind of made it up himself. Like, nobody else was doing the kind of things he's doing before he was doing it. Well, I know a prominent, uh, um, uh, I think he was a chef or possibly a bartender uh, from Miami that started some, like, big bars and movements in the restaurant industry died earlier this week as well. Mm. And so a big blow to that industry to have uh, two uh, big-time, like, titans have lost their lives this week. The fact that he killed himself too, because you would think like he's like a guy of such strong character, right. and that he came out of addiction and was better for it. Um, it's just, it's tough to have to 
It feels like a defeat. It does. Because a lot of people looked at him as having the absolute dream career. Yeah. He's going to the coolest parts of the world, eating the best food, drinking the best wine, taking in all of the different cultures. That seems pretty yeah. awesome. How can that not be a great life? It just shows. And that's that's what shakes you. Yeah. Depression does not discriminate. Mental health is uh, no. something that uh, we need to continue to destigmatize. You can't earn yeah. your way out of it. Just don't don't have any. You mentioned destigmatization, and that's don't have any notion that there's anything wrong or secret about getting help. I mean, don't 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 for a second. And I know that's less and less all the time, particularly with people my age and younger, but. I've been in therapy since I was 16 and I'm on anti-anxiety medication and I don't regard any of that as something I don't want to talk about or I don't want to admit because I think that's that keeps people away. Oh, the yeah. idea that there's something wrong with them if they have to ask for help, that it's a right. failure of some kind. Don't think that for a second. We all need that. We all need to, you know, make sure that, that we're... Uh, uh, getting by all right. Uh, it's it's. There's nothing different than going for a checkup at the doctor. So no, just, no. I mean, I, Bill and I have know. talked about it before. I I I am so happy that I have that at my disposal. There are yeah. times when I need to go mm -hmm. a lot, and uh, thankfully, you know, things have been good for a while. I haven't had to check in, and I, you know, I'm I go. On, and I'm on antidepressants, and I, you know, uh, Serena and I have been to couples therapy, and we, yeah. you know, you got it's good to go to talk to somebody. Yes, and, and it's an important step towards complete uh health you know mm -hmm. and to try and stigmatize it as something that is out of the the norm it's not it's like you said it's like any other aspect of your health and it needs to be treated that way it just sucks we have to be talking about this right now yeah. given the week yeah. that we had so often too. And, and well and people are talking about you know the copycat effect and how suicides inspire other suicides and we saw it with you know robin williams uh and uh kate spade's suicide earlier this week had a profound effect on a lot of people yeah but what do you do do you not talk about it do you not use it you know you can talk about the number of people that you know suicides went up 15 percent in the wake of robin williams death well how many people's lives were saved because of mental health mental health awareness, awareness being raised during that same period I don't know. You can't quantify it in any way. But you have to use it as an opportunity to talk about destigmatization and the importance of talking to somebody. Like that John Hodgman book I was telling you about, like he had yeah. such a funny take on when he started therapy in college. When he was like, there was a, you know, one of those free therapy services through his college <laughs> where it was people who were studying to be therapists. And you go like you would at Supercuts when somebody's like studying to cut hair, you get a cheap haircut. Uh, and he, Yeah, but his, you know, your hair can grow back quickly. I think it would be a little bit more dangerous to go talk to a shrink. Who didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't necessarily. Wrongly diagnosed. But his point was that couldn't be it because they, you're not taking diagnosis from these right, people. Right, it's right. just psychotherapy. That, I know. And his point was talking out loud to a cardboard cutout of Captain Kirk is probably helpful. Yeah. It's saying talking these things to out anybody. loud. It's contextualizing yeah. them. It's, well, a lot, a lot of people out there think that the way that they feel is solely based on their situation. And if anything, they should glean from from these tragedies is that 
it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how great of a career you have. I mean, or look, what your life like, looks like. Look, to other people. look at look at Kate Spade. Look, look at these two people, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Like they had accomplished so much. They had endless amounts of money, and it wasn't enough. Like you can't. You got to do the work on your. So you got to get help. It just the, the timing of it with Anthony Bourdain. He was so involved with Asia Argento and the and the Me Too movement and the he never let he was relentless in his attacks against Weinstein mm-hmm. and the people in Hollywood who were protecting him he was f- fearless in doing so you know i mean some sort of intimated that he was nearly you know from a professional standpoint reckless like wow you're really you know scorch earth in this one mm-hmm. uh, and he had no fear was really trying to take down all of these huge figures who were guilty of being a part of the cover-up as it pertained to Weinstein. And, you know, he's been very outspoken about what he sees as sort of the trend towards fascism across the, the globe and reminding people the importance of staying aware of the signs that things are changing, not for the better, not just in, in you know, the people who don't like what's happening here, but around the, the world. Bad stuff's happening all over the place, and it's easy to not pay attention to it. He seemed to be like a bit of an empath in that way that he took it all on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my only advice to anybody out there who's listening who might be struggling is you just got to be as proactive as possible. Serena and I used to fight constantly. So we used to fight, and I used to go down this laundry list of things that I have to do. I I say, oh, I'm on I'm on Zoloft. I have to run. I have I take cold showers. And she said, oh, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to show off? And I say, no, I'm trying to tell you how many things I have to do to keep the scaries away, to keep the voices in my head down to a dull roar. I I have to do like 15 things in a day. To, to keep that stuff at bay. And the other thing, too, is if you know somebody's struggling, reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a difficult process as well. Because... Some people are vocal about it and some aren't. That's the other problem. No, some, is people, some people go hide inward. It and, right. Nobody, you know, people aren't always There's very no open about that book, stuff. right. I mean, you can't force someone to talk to you, but but when somebody says, "I I, I don't feel comfortable talking about that," I, I that's there are certain things I don't like to talk about. That's when you have to tell them it doesn't have to be me, but that means you absolutely do to have somebody. to talk to somebody right. about this. That's that's when you know that someone has some things that they are not sorting out and they need to... And, and, and two, how often do we talk about gut health, right? Your, your, your yeah, gut yeah. biome and all that. That's got nothing on the chemistry of your brain. You yeah. know, it, it's incredibly sensitive and it's not just a matter of I'm sad because of this. It's a very tricky thing that, like Bill said, requires a lot of maintenance. What so. I always like to point out, too, is that part of the stigmatization of, of, of mental health it comes from generations before where you're just supposed to be tough. Yeah. And that was it. You know, now they call it PTSD. Back in the day, they were, you were shell-shocked. Shell-shocked. All right. So right. the generation before us, a lot of times what people like to do now in order to sort of rationalize not seeking mental health is, hey, my dad worked two jobs and, uh, you know, he raised five kids and uh, he never went to see a head shrink. And, you know, he turned out just fine. Like, did he? 
Do you know for a fact that right. he wasn't struggling mm-hmm. internally that entire time? Do you know that his dad wasn't before him or your mom? Like a lot of people, you know, the throw quote of, you know, leading lives of uh, quiet desperation is completely true. A lot of people are struggling and you don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's help out there. So I don't know why this set us off this morning or why it seems to be setting everyone off. If social media is any, any indication, this is really blowing everybody away. That it's, Anthony it's, Bourdain it's killed himself. It's a total himself. shock. But he's a cele- I just it's it's a total shock. I'm just trying to come to terms with why it is a fact. Like I don't know why I feel the way I do about a guy I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's because he seemed like such a tough together guy. Yeah, and he seemed like a like a a bit of a renegade in terms of like he wasn't like just one of these industry made people that are you know trying to present this fake life. Like he was tatted up. He would do really bizarre stuff. He would go to these, you know, roller derby parlors and hang out and talk to people and just mix it up with everybody. The other thing is the news is so terrible every day, all day. And, you know, we always say, like, it's our job to be like, we have to be, you know, ensconced in news, though. But all day, yeah, we got to find silly out of all of that. But we're marinating in awfulness. We're taking a big news bath all day (laughs) long. But, you know, nobody's immune from that. Everybody is now exposed to terrible news around the clock. Horrific images being broadcast nonstop. And so something like this where you're like, I don't know, you think maybe you can just count on one guy being like a soldier in the fight for good. Well, and I think the reason that you need to get help, too, if if you're struggling, is that a lot of the times, you know, trying to figure out your own problems on your own is sort of like um, deep sea diving by yourself. It's irresponsible. You have to have somebody there to spot you. And a lot of these these therapists can sort of point out your, you know, where you're having the blockage and where your problems are coming from and, and trace them back to something. And, and when you do that, everyone goes, oh, my God, if I do that, then it's going to be even worse. But actually, it diminishes it because then all of a sudden you shine a light on it and you go, wait a minute, that seems silly that I've been carrying that around all this time for that. All right, we are uh, way over. We got to take a commercial break, and we're going to be joined by John Witherspoon when we come back. And it'll be funny, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll you know do a one eighty here. Yeah, I didn't want to make my like OK Ocean's Eight jokes right then. <laughs> <laughs> got to get back around to them. Hey, later. that was uh, Sandra. Yeah, that was a heist movie, guys. The very funny John Witherspoon. We'll just it just we'll just change gears. That's all. Uh, also, we have. Uh, Pittsburgh's own The Clarks performing live for you in the Point Park University Permanis DV Coffee House a little bit later on this morning and looking forward to hearing from those guys man their their new record is fantastic so that's all coming up for you and Randy you said the other day you wanted to talk about all the beers and food things that rock stars have there yeah, are, oh yeah like all of the endorsed yeah. items like the Joe Perry hot sauce there are too many we could talk for like two hours. About I know, it. but I wanted to find the funniest ones, I found like one the most list. inconsequential ones, right. I, like the ones no, like Joe Perry. I understand, but when the bass player from uh, Keel has his own <laughs> salsa, I Johnny think... Winter has screaming demon hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny Winter's allowed to have hot sauce.
Does, does ACDC have hot sauce? Because they, every single one of their songs sounds like it could be a hot sauce. They have a lot of wines. They have several <laughs> wines. The title of every ACDC I song mean, pretty much. could be a hot Thunderstruck. sauce. Thunderstruck. They have. <laughs> I hell. Back in black. Hell's bells. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by comedy royalty. And I don't say that often. I say it about three or four times a year when we are blessed with the presence of somebody who is deserving of that title. And right now, that is certainly the case. One of the guys who's a part of the bedrock of modern comedy is at the improv this weekend. The one and only John Witherspoon, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It Thank is you. so good to see you. You know, you know him from everything from Hollywood Shuffle to Friday to uh, um, Boomerang, the, uh, Boomerang <laughs> to the Wayans Brothers, the Tracy Morgan Show, uh, the Boondocks. Uh, John is a legend, and I, I love having you in here because. Uh, I'm such a fan of uh, uh, of yours and the era that you came up in and all your contemporaries. And, and so for, thanks for always indulging me in that, too, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks for having me here. But Thank you. But you uh, uh, were a part of that comedy store scene in the 70s. Oh, yeah. And now that is being uh, – it's on TV as a television show. All right. It, uh, I'm dying up here. Uh, which was based on the book by, I can't remember the comic's name. I don't know. Who wrote the book? I never saw the show. But it's kind of, all right, so you haven't watched a television show yet? <laughs> no, I so they didn't consult you? They didn't, they didn't consult me. They got everybody else who really wasn't there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so, loosely based on that, and Jim Carrey right. is producing it. Oh, Jim um, is. I didn't know that. Yes, he's he's producing it. So he's trying to stay faithful. There is a uh, Mitzi character right. uh, and all that. And then with her passing recently mm-hmm. uh, and the celebration they had a, a few Sundays ago, I would imagine that uh, that's been a time of great reflection for you. Not really. Okay. <laughs> 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 I was. I've been gone for twenty five years. That didn't I, make I, you think of the like. Uh, I started with Missy, so I mean, I knew all. I knew all about that. Uh, I know all about it. I was there. I, I Missy was just just got the store from her husband, and mm-hmm. uh, through the courts, and and uh, she made a lot of money, and 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 that's it for me. That's it. <laughs> when was the last time you performed there? Oh my God! Twenty some years ago. Really? Yeah. Never went back. I went by there, and I, Richard Pryor was working uh, in a wheelchair because he was sick then. Mm-hmm. And I went there to check him out one night. And that yeah. was it. Oh wow! That was when Richard was still alive. Yeah, you were on. And uh, I went there to check him out one night. What kind of material was he doing at that point? Things was about he just what he can't stories? do. He's talking yeah. the story of what he can't do now. Mm-hmm. And he's in a wheelchair. Right. <laughs> and so. Uh, I that was there and I checked it out and I then I moved on. Yeah, but I haven't been back since. But uh, you formed some uh, friendships that have lasted. Oh yeah, a long, long time there with David Letterman. Oh, and, I saw uh, Dave about two weeks ago. We were at uh, all the old guys got together and had uh, lunch. I mean, had dinner. So Tom that's Dreesen. Tom Dreesen. Who else was it? Uh, Tim Thomerson. Man, he was a he was hilarious. He was oh, a good yeah. actor too. Yes, he did about 150 movies. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, he did a lot of movies. Um, so we were all in this um, this little era. Of course, Tom doing all the talking. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he tells Frank Sinatra stories. He, he then it, then at the beginning of the dinner he'll tell the story, and then at the end of the dinner he said tell the same story. <laughs> <laughs> so, Opener so, and closer. Yeah, so, and I rode with him because he lived by my house. And he told me the story again <laughs> on the way home. Man, like, Tom, man. I've heard this before. But the hat <laughs> trick. Let me out, Tom. Let me out here, right here. I get out here. I walk to my house. <laughs> Did you get on Letterman's case about his beard? No, we, they had it cut down some when I oh, saw. Oh, he had him. it trimmed this, down. I haven't seen him in two or three years, but they had it trimmed a little bit. Yeah, uh, looks like he did it because it's all lopsided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were uh, you worked with Tracy Morgan, and I, I, yeah, I, I, what? What was your impression of working with Tracy? Because, you know, the few times Tracy's been in here, he's absolutely nuts. I mean, he's, he just seems like, uh, you know, he's, he's spinning constantly. Well, I worked with him on a Tracy Morgan show, and I was supposed to be on this show, uh, the uh, last OG. Yes. Original Gangster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a contract with Black Jesus, so I, I couldn't break my contracts. And they, would, they didn't want to take second position, which means if I'm working on Black Jesus... Mm-hmm. Like Jesus had to get the first position, they have to get the second position. So they didn't want to take position. They didn't want to take it. But he's uh, he's he's a talented man. But you know, it's, everybody's uh, I don't know. He's from Brooklyn. I, I guess people in Brooklyn talk a lot. <laughs> 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 I just sit there and and work on my lines. That's all I did when I was on the show. But I didn't like the producers on the show and the writers on his show. I told them I said this is not funny that you guys are writing. This is not funny. Let me add my twist. And we just make it funny. They say, oh, right. Mr. Witherspoon, please, we want you to stick with the script, sir. You sign up to stick with the script. I said, okay, I'm getting all this money. I stick with the script. I'm not going to change <laughs> one line. Do you think that Do you think that they really thought it was funny or they're more like the, this current state of insecurity that they can't? If you write the lines, then why do I have a job? Actually, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. They knew it wasn't funny. I don't know. I don't think they were sabotaging the uh, the show, but we didn't do but eighteen shows. That was Carsey Carsey Warner, which they did great shows. Yeah, like, they're yeah, they big time prolific. in Hollywood. And um, but they didn't they didn't want me to change the lines. I said this is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, so who in your experience has been the best in terms of allowing your input? Like what? Oh, the, all of my all the people that I work with now. Q Ice Cube gonna give me the script to the last Friday coming up. So that'll be the fourth, oh, that's fourth awesome. one, yeah. He's going to give me the script, and I can just do what I want with my part. See, that's yeah, smart. That's good. That's smart. That How me, much of the original movie were, were ad-libs on oh your part? Oh, my God. We ad-libbed a lot on that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the outtakes of the stuff that didn't get into the movie. <laughs> really? There's some funny stuff <clears throat> that I, we just created as, as we were going along. So, uh, But uh, I ad-libbed, oh, my God. I did a movie with Eddie Murphy called... Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, I think the whole thing was that. <laughs> <Really? Yes. laughs> Wes Craven was the director. He said, "Willisman, why don't you read the script? It's funny." <laughs> I don't want to read the script. Give me this. Give me this situation. I'll do my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Here's a couple of scripts. Just go through them." Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Have you? Are you still doing Blackish? Is that a, recur- a recurring character? That I don't know. I did it a couple of years, a couple of times in one year. And they wanted me to come back as a regular, but I had a contract with Black Jesus on, yeah. on the Cartoon Network, so I I lost two jobs. Man, that one's so I, I didn't sign a contract again with Black Jesus because they take too long to shoot it. Yeah, you for know? an Adult Swim, Adult show. Swim, yeah, but it's live action. It's not a cartoon. Yeah, 
And, uh, and then Eddie, Charlie Murphy died, and then they had to go back and rewrite the scripts. So that was kind of confusing over there. So I just didn't sign anymore. Do you think Eddie could ever get back and do stand-up? Oh, yes, Eddie. Oh, yeah. You don't think it would be too, the, the uh, expectations would be too great? Well, he just go to, all he had to do is he was going to go on the road with Charlie. And really? some stand-up. Yeah, they were planning on going on the road oh, or something. Man. Then Charlie died. But Eddie, all he, had, all he had to do was go out there and hang around for a while and go up there and try some stuff, and then it would come back to him. It would be hard for him to do open mics, don't you think? Like, uh, <laughs> it would be kind of tough. Because go up there they, and workshop Eddie and Murphy stuff. Eddie going to do open mic. I would think it would be good for him to go, like when he was going to go with Charlie, and Charlie go at some clubs, and mm-hmm. then he'll go up and do a real guest 15 minutes, something like that. That would be easy for him. I'd heard that he and uh, Richard like butted heads a little bit on uh, Harlem Nights, uh, maybe over billing or something like that. I'm, I know he was definitely, you know, he felt like he was strongly influenced by Richard Pryor and, and you know, counts him as like the reason he got into comedy. How did Richard view Eddie, do you think, uh, towards the I end? I don't think they had any animosity between each other. They, they, they were making too much money to be worrying about being mad at someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's something else. If you're mad at somebody, you everybody making $15 million a year, somebody's crazy. <laughs> Who do you think was the better stand-up? Oh, Richard Pryor was. Because uh, Eddie didn't do it that much. He, was, he only he did, was, what, five, six years or something? Yeah, but, but I was with Eddie. I mean, uh, Richard Pryor was, uh, he was doing it. When I got in town, I got there set in 1974. Mm-hmm. And Eddie and I and I opened for Richard Pryor at the comedy store. Missy gave me that job to open for him, and that was exciting because he would sell out the room. It was when he said Richard Pryor was in the comedy store last night. Next night, people wrapped around the block. Yeah, so that was a, f- a full audience every night, every night. Was Paul Mooney uh, working with him a lot at that time? Like, how did he as a writer? Yeah, how did he come up with his material? He's sitting in the back while Richard was on stage. No, but I mean, yeah, so like Richard, like, it wasn't like he, I don't picture him to like get up at 10 o'clock, have some coffee, and start writing. Well, Richard would have his own stuff, but Richard, Richard was smart. See, some comics there, like they'd go on stage, they would put a CD out, then they'd go put another CD out in two weeks. But Richard Pryor would, he would it's an album back then, he put an album out, then mm-hmm. he would go to the comic store and work for, when he wanted to do another, he started, he'd go to the comic store and work for eight months straight. On his next album, mm-hmm. wow! He will actually go to. He would be there Sunday night. He would be there. But a lot of comics won't do that today. No. Today. So, who do you think right now is uh, doing like the best work as a comedian? Who do you see? I, I don't. Are, I don't see anyone. You else. just don't follow anything. No, I'm too old for all that. Now. You're 76. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care about nobody else. Man, you look. <laughs> you, look <laughs> you look great. Oh, I love it. I'm trying to collect my money and hide it. <laughs> I put it under the carpet. <laughs> you don't trust the banks? Under my oh, I'm just joking. I have an accountant and all that stuff. But I still have some money under the bank, under the, the carpet. Yeah. And under my pillow. <laughs> no, a lot of people don't trust it, you know? It's no, all I digital. Trust, I trust them. Yeah. But I, I still have money. I that money. I just have to have some money around. Do you see cause I very rarely keep cash on me now. I like not even like ten or twenty bucks because it's oh, so yeah. easy to just have the card and just you know, oh, yeah, but I never have it in my pocket. Right. As soon as I go in the house, I go straight to it and count it. <laughs> <laughs> John Witherspoon's at the Improv all weekend long, 412-462-5233, and you can get your tickets at improv.com. What's the difference between uh, when you're performing on stage or in front of the camera? 
Uh, you can be more free uh, on stage. You can make mistakes and cover them up. Nobody ever know. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a camera and you make a mistake, to, and cut, hold on, with this bone, you you didn't walk over there to pick up the cup when you delivered that line. Yeah. So you got to go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. They, do you, don't, they don't mind. They got so much tape. Well, what do you do during the downtime? Because I know there's a lot of sitting around when you're doing television shows. Uh, in, on, when I'm on the set? Yeah. Oh, nothing. You know, it's boring. <laughs> oh, my God. Read a book. No, I don't read books. Uh, <laughs> I just go in my room and and um, and work on the script mm-hmm. because I want to make sure I have the lines. I don't have to go through them again and have to have a long scene. You got to shoot it over again. That's why I'd rather have it one take and let's get out of here. So, what uh, are you working on? Anything coming up besides the new one that uh, Ice Cube's doing? We, uh, like I said, I can't. I didn't cancel. I just didn't sign a contract with Black Jesus. So now I'm open for other shows. Of the TV shows. That so, thing had you wound up tight, man. Had me sitting around for a year. Ah, oh, passing up gigs. Passing up gigs. You know, anytime you, you're at that point, you know, and it wasn't paying that much money anyway. So I had money. I got money under my blanket. I got money under my <laughs> carpet. I got money under my. <laughs> I ain't got to sit around and wait for Black Jesus giving that little chump change. <laughs> I, got money, I got money hidden. If I die, there's going to be a lot of money found in my house. <laughs> where where did you get this work ethic from? Because, you know, it's, a lot of people would think, oh, man, you did your, you got your money. You yeah. got the money in the carpet. You got the money in the wall. Why, why are you still out here working every weekend? When I was broke when I was coming up as a kid, my mother, we had 11 kids in my family. From Detroit? Detroit, wow. yeah. My mother and father had 11, 11 kids, and they were broke. And so I was broken. I didn't have what I wanted, and holes in my shoes and all that stuff. So as long as I can get another dollar to hang hang with the other dollar, I'm going to go out there and get it and put them both together. <laughs> well, show up this weekend to see That's John awesome. and uh, and uh, kick a few dollars his way. The Improv, 412-462-5233. Buy tickets to see him at improv.com or call the box office and uh, get them there. Hey, I hope you have a, a great weekend in Pittsburgh. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to see you, man. Always and, a pleasure and, being uh, here. Always appreciate your time hanging out with us. Thank you so much. John Witherspoon, he's a comedy <laughs> legend, and you should go see him this weekend at The Improv. Improv.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And unfortunately for Penguins fans, things did not fall the way most of us would have liked them to in the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Although it was in doubt for a long time last night. Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final was tied at 3 with less than 8 minutes Remaining in regulation, and then uh, a puck got behind Vegas goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury, and uh, the Caps center Lars Eller got behind Vegas goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury, and then Eller blasted the puck into the empty net behind Marc-Andre Fleury, and all of a sudden it was four to three Caps, and the countdown to the championship had begun. Here's uh, Eddie Olchick uh, on NBC last night analyzing what turned out to be the Stanley Cup-winning goal. That one there, Doc, he's got to score. It wasn't a hard shot from Conley, but somehow it found its way through his legs. Yeah, that was uh, Eller's seventh of the postseason at 12-23. The third, Washington able to close it out. From there, uh, the Caps win their first championship. The star-crossed Capitals, who have become infamous over the years for blowing series leads and winning President's Trophies but not Stanley Cups <laughs> and never really doing anything of significance, achieved the ultimate goal last night. It was uh, 
almost too much for cap swinger TJ Oshie to deal with given his circumstances. Here's Oshie on the ice with NBC's Jeremy Roenick. Talk about your family. Winning a Stanley Cup it means a lot to you, but it also means a lot to your close family, your dad, your mom. Talk about them. Yeah. Uh, my dad, uh, oh, boy. He doesn't uh, He doesn't remember uh, a lot of stuff uh, these days. Um, he remembers enough, but I tell you what. He's here tonight. I don't know where he's at. But uh, this one will stick with him forever. You can guarantee that. Yeah, Oshie's father, Tim, has been uh, dealing with Alzheimer's for about five years. But he was there, and then there were shots uh, subsequently after that interview of uh, the two embracing and lifting the cup and hanging out on the ice with Oshie's kids. What a night for the Capitals. What a night for Alexander Ovechkin, who uh, scored his NHL playoffs leading 15th goal as part of that 4-3 win and was rewarded with the Conn Smythe Trophy given to the MVP in the playoffs. Ovechkin joins an incredibly exclusive fraternity of players who have won the Stanley Cup, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Hart Trophy, the Goal Scoring Championship, and the Art Ross Trophy. That group now includes six players all time. Uh, the first five to do it were Jean Beliveau, Guy Lafleur, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Sidney Crosby. Alexander Ovechkin uh, arriving uh, 13 years into his NHL career in the eyes of some. Here's NBC's Mike Emmerich talking about uh, a conversation that Caps head coach Barry Trotz had with Ovechkin before the season and uh, advice given by Trotz to Ovechkin before the season. You will have a great legacy. You're going to the Hall of Fame. So just enjoy playing and enjoy being the athlete that you are. He came back overseas and he scored seven goals in the first two games. He was ready for this year and now he has capped it off. Wow. Pretty, pretty cool stuff for Ovechkin. And uh, you can't say that the Caps took the easy road. To the Cup, they join a couple of Penguins teams, historically speaking. Uh, Washington joins the 91 Penguins as the only two teams to trail in every round of a four rounds, uh, in four rounds of a best of seven play on the way to the Cup. And uh, the Caps also join the 2009 Penguins as the only, as one of three teams to win every round on the road finish every series on the road. The Red Wings did that in 2008. The Penguins did it in 2009. And now the Caps did it last night. Ovi, also your first Russian captain to win the Stanley Cup championship. Good deal. Good for Ovi. He's one of the all-time greats. He obviously needed this for his legacy. I wonder if he did. Well, he was getting a Dan Marino if he didn't. Yeah. I mean, do we think less of Dan Marino? I think certain people do, yeah. Dan Marino does. Yeah, I'm sure some would, and I, they probably would have some something of an argument. I never uh, understood that, like the whole like they are team sports, right? Yeah, it's not tennis, it's not golf. I just think the last thing we need right now is another Russian in the White House. I just well, it sounds like if uh, Devontae Smith Pelly is to be believed, he was talking about that before the game. He said he's not going. 
Well, that's okay. Kuznetsov and Ovechkin will probably get the private closed-door Oval Office meeting and then go out with (laughs) some sort of microchip implanted somewhere that they take back to Vlad and then... Leave the nanny cam. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to Canadians can't come because they burned down the White House. Uh, Buckos are in Chicago (laughs) this weekend. That was a good line. I like it. I'm, I'm oh, trying to. I'm trying to get us through. We got a lot of stuff. To get through. Oh, just go. Fires lost again. They're going to Chicago. Look out below. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, North. Uh, no, this is uh, new Master Sounds. They're going to be at the Rex Theater next Friday night. I don't know. Wow. If there's any tickets left for that or not. But new Master Sounds next Friday night, Rex Theater. I wouldn't sleep on that. There's so much good music going on right now tonight. You got uh, uh, Brooke Annabelle, who is mm-hmm. a Pittsburgher who had uh, worked down in Nashville for some time. She is a tremendous solo artist who puts out these great records. She's going to be on the main stage tonight, I think 6.30 before Valerie June takes the main stage. Then She's got a great voice. Uh, you got Primus over at Stage AE out at uh, South Park Amphitheater tonight. Samantha Fish, who's a badass blues guitarist. Like, think Susan Tedeschi when she was first busting out of Berkeley. Really? Yeah. and But maybe even down. a better guitar player than Susan was. Like, she's mm. Samantha Fish, pretty badass guitar player. Uh, and I think Misaligned Mind is opening for them. So you can go see Guitar Zach do his guitar thing out at S- South Park. That sounds guitar fun. For free. The Tom Petty tribute shows tonight. That's, You're going to be hosting. Uh, yep, me and uh, Hugh shows. Hugh Twyman's on that. Look out, you and Hugh. Um, But that's sold out. So if you didn't get any tickets, tickets, uh, no no tickets for you. Sold out. Uh, So lots of, that's just tonight. And then upstairs next hour in the coffee house, we're just going to hand over the show to the Clarks. They're going to be performing live for you. And they're also going to have special guest uh, Kayla Skirman. And this is from her album, Kiss the Ground, which was released last year in 2017. And I wore the grooves out on this record. It is a tremendous uh, recording. I think Nate Campisi did this over at uh, Mr. Small's. And the musicianship and the songwriting on this is fantastic. Kayla is featured on the new Clark's album, and she's going to be performing one of the songs with her, uh, with the, those guys upstairs next hour here. The Clark's Live performing songs from their brand new album. What's the name of that album? It always. Madly in Love at the End of the World. Okay, there you go. So that's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Sean Collier here from Pittsburgh Magazine reviewing. Ocean's 8, and won't you be my neighbor? Ocean's 8, out today. This is the spinoff to the uh, uh, long-running popular heist series with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. They did three of these. Now we're back, and in true Hollywood fashion, they hired eight women to do the job of 11 men. Uh, Sandra Bullock stuff. not right. It's so close to the actual wage gap when you break down the percentage there. Uh, Sandra Bullock starts, she's playing the, the heretofore unmentioned sister of George Clooney's character. Uh, it starts with her in jail, like the original did. She gets out. She goes and visits his grave and wonders whether or not his death is, is a con, which is basically a giant flashing neon sign that says he's alive and he'll be in the sequel. Just put that in your pocket and hold on to that later. But... The business at hand, she gets together with her her crime BFF, played by Kate Blanchett. They've got a scheme to rob a, a, a Cartier necklace during the Met Gala. 
and they get a little crew together. Apparently, I'm old now because this watching this movie was the first time I rejected the name of a young person. Because we're going through the list, <laughs> and everyone in it is great. Mindy Kaling's good, Sarah Paulson, Rihanna, and then we get to one of the best people in the movie is a young actress and rapper named Aquafina. And I just went, no, that, no, 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 that's a, not at all. That's a type of water. That's, I, I believe it's, it's could, it could be Aquafina. I don't know. It's A-W-K-W-A-F-I-N-A. And I just sat there going, no, I do not accept that that is a name that we're going to ask sister, Dasani. Yeah. Sean, you were born old, so that's you have true. to remember that. That's true. And she was great. Aquafina. Gave a great performance, as did Rihanna. They were both a little uh, underused, if anything. I, I'm a little so-so on heist movies generally because there's often not really stakes. There's often, it's not really, I'm rooting for anybody, I'm invested. It's just seeing if they're going to do it. Yes, and this, how they do it. Right. Right. And this is the most, one of the most low stakes I've seen, where there's never really any doubt. And that's not a spoiler, because if you watch the trailer... You see them pretty much get to the end of it. It's just waiting for it to happen. It's like watching Sandra Bullock, you know, narrate a YouTube video about how to make an omelet. Hi, I'm Sandra. You need some good eggs. I recommend that's all it is for barely a hundred minutes. This is if you lined up all the good movies in the world on one side and all the bad movies in the world on the other side, this would be right in the middle. This is the most <laughs> mediocre movie I can name. You're not gonna I don't think you're gonna regret going only because you're not going to have a single feeling whatsoever. So if you feel like it, knock yourself out. The performers are great. That's a great cast, and they do a great job. That's about it. Uh, of a local interest, especially this weekend, of course, is the documentary Won't You Be My Neighbor. Yes. Fred Rogers' documentary made by uh, Morgan Neville, who is the guy who did 20 Feet from Stardom, the awesome uh, oh, nice. uh, backup singer documentary yeah. that won the Oscar a few years ago. Again, if I didn't like this movie, I would not tell you. That would be like <sighs> just going on the radio and saying, I don't like America when I was anywhere in America. <laughs> that would not be a safe thing to do. Um, so you're just going to have to take my word for it that it is very, very good. It's it's not what it isn't is like, let's try to explain Fred Rogers, there's little glimpses of interesting details about his his uh, uh, his past and his mindset. But more than that, it's about his philosophy. It's about the ideas that he wanted to get across and how he wanted to get them across and why he thought it was important to teach children these things. And what a what a beautiful uh, uh, reminder in 2018, especially of that kind of kindness and gentleness and those lessons i saw this a couple of weeks ago um and one morning i saw the pope documentary and the next morning i saw the mr rogers documentary and the pope documentary i went he's okay he's all right <laughs> this guy's all right the mr rogers documentary i was like this is the new jesus this is the guy that should be leading us this is the text that we should follow pope floats what was the name of that? pope floats <laughs> pope 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 on a rope is it a limited run? Pope Adobe. I mean, I, uh, I know it's only two theaters, but is it just for a limited time? Uh, I think it'll be around for a few weeks. Okay. I, I think it's going to stick around, uh, uh, especially there's not a lot going on next week either. So you are going to see uh, 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 will, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor in theaters for a little while. Again, this weekend at the Manor and at AMC Waterfront. Uh, and all of the locals, you know, Mr. McFeely's in there and a lot of the co-stars, his wife, his family, all talking about Fred. And, and uh, you see a lot of footage from the earliest days of the show. 
from the thing that blew my mind was they didn't really know that it was a hit because it was so early in the history of television. Mm-hmm. They had ratings, but they didn't really know how to measure whether it was connecting with children. And finally, he did an appearance outside of Pittsburgh. He did an appearance in Boston, and there were people lined up for blocks, just kids that wanted to see him. That's and awesome. that's how PBS realized, I think this guy is saying something that kids like to hear. Do you think someone like him would ever go over right now? Yeah. Really? I do, yeah. I think, I think, we, think, everybody, I think we need that message now. I think yeah. we definitely need it. I just think people would be suspicious of someone like that in this day and age. Oh, yeah. You mean the cynicism of, yeah. of everyone, yeah. I agree with the cynicism part. I think, look, I'm, you know, Burr talked about it when he was in town at the Benedum about being skeptical of Mr. Rogers and his, uh, you know, whether that was authentic. But every, he, there is not a story about like, and then he didn't tip me and, uh, you know, he pushed a lady over on his way out of the restaurant. Like every story is like, he profoundly changed my life in that five minute encounter. I said earlier this morning, I cry every time I watch the trailer. Oh, you'll you'll need you'll need a hanky in the theater then, <laughs> just beginning to end. Can I, 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 I? Hotel Artemis is good. I, I I liked it. To connect it back, now that you mentioned that, the the thing that hit me the most in the Mister Rogers documentary was a little bit about uh, his wife found uh, journal entries, basically, where he expressed doubts in his own abilities, in his ability to write, and his ability to make TV shows, and thinking. Jesus, if 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 Mister Rogers can have a moment of uncertainty, <laughs> then we're we're really all okay. If that guy can go, am I doing all right? You really can't get get on yourself, can you? No. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing and thing. And Hotel Artemis see. in fifteen seconds is Hotel Artemis is a crazy cast: Jodie Foster, Dave Bautista, Jeff Goldblum, Jenny Slate, Charlie Day, Sterling K. Brown. They they cast this by drawing names out of a hat, and it's a bad movie that I loved. It's one of those. I don't think it was any good. I loved the whole thing. Real. Just a silly sci-fi action movie. Near future. She's running a, a, a hotel hospital for criminals, and it's just a dumb, fun action movie Seems with plausible. a dynamic crazy cast that's that was a good time but go see mr rogers if you see one thing obviously all right the clark's coming up next hour performing live in the coffee house we're gonna have val's news and then basically give it over to them what do you have val oh gosh what are we gonna talk about oh uh, it's national best friend day so we're gonna talk about best friends and oh. stats about our friends. What? I got to call Kenny G. Dozier. It's 64 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. Chef and writer Anthony Bourdain is dead at the age of 61. CNN confirmed the death of the Emmy-winning Parts Unknown host this morning, saying Bourdain had committed suicide. He was in France at the time of his death, working on an upcoming episode of the CNN series. His body was apparently found by a friend and fellow chef inside his hotel room. He leaves behind an 11-year-old daughter. Horrifically sad, and we mentioned it all morning long. There's help available. Should not be stigmatized. Uh, And um, I, I don't know, I'm just... I'm at a loss for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. The Allegheny County Parks Department opening pools for the summer. Boyce Park Wave Pool, North Park Swimming Pool, South Park and Settler's Cabin Wave Pools 
opened last weekend, but they will now be open to the public 11.30 a.m. to 7.30 daily for a small fee. And if it's rainy and they don't open by 2, it's going to be closed all day. So summer oh, has begun. I used to love this time of year, man. Yeah. I, we we went to the Boys Park uh, wave pool out Monroeville all growing up. And then we found out about Settler's Cabin, and that's the one with the high dive. Mm-hmm. And then we never went anywhere else other than that. <laughs> that was just the most fun. And you go up and try to like, I, I remember one time I just ran off the top, which you're definitely not allowed to do. <laughs> and they go, uh, did you did you dive off the first level? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you did you dive off the second level? Uh-huh. And they're like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm running. And they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> Um, as we move on, a woman recovering from non-life-threatening injuries after she was gored by a bison at Yellowstone National Park. She didn't die? She did not die. Park officials said yesterday Kim Hancock of Santa Rosa, California, was within about 10 yards of the bull bison when the animal charged her. Which I would say 10 yards is probably a little too close. Way too close. She suffered just a hip injury. She was released from a hospital yesterday. Rangers. Strong hips. Do recommend. It's not just us. Rangers recommend visitors stay at least 75 feet away from most wild animals in Yellowstone. This attack, the second bison-related injury at Yellowstone this year. People are such morons. They're going to start putting the, the animals in cars. that way they'll know (laughs) they won't get out of them this has to be a selfie gone wrong right like has to there was a crowd of people trying to get selfies yeah she was one of a crowd of people this family uh that i uh, one of my buddies that i grew up with their their family took me to yellowstone park with them one year and we went snowmobiling through there and it was absolutely amazing breathtaking and the the mom actually crashed her snowmobile because a moose was within 20 feet of us, <laughs> and it was the biggest thing anyone of us had ever seen. Uh-huh. They are gigantic. So I can't even imagine being 10 yards from a bison. But that's the thing is that it's a, a national park. Like These animals They're are wild all animals. over the place, and there's not really like a fenced-off trail that you're walking on. Yeah, it's not a zoo. It's all wide open. I've always wanted to see a moose. How far would I have to drive to run oh, into a moose? They're so cool. Sean, they it's, it's, are it, terrifying. It's like with their horns, they yeah. could hit the ceiling in here. Dude, I'm sure. They're so big. We ran into one when we were hiking in uh, in the Redwoods, and it was towering over like uh, like this building that could fall on you at any second. Mm-hmm. We just had to like wimp our way around the trail. Like, How can we get around this thing without uh, having to actually walk past it? That's how I feel about geese, though. I am terrified of geese. They, They'll come after you. I, oh, yeah. I I, I, uh, I run on uh, by work, and I was going down this path. There was nowhere to go. It was like a hill on one side and a wall on the other side. And I round a corner, and I just see there's geese on the trail, to the right of the trail, yep. to the left of the trail. And I think, maybe if I kind of weave in and out. And then they turn to me and put their heads down and just start screaming and charging. Yep. They'll do that. And you're already high-stepping through a minefield of their poop. Right. (laughs) I have never... That was a good run. I never hit that pace again (laughs) that I hit 
screaming in terror, turning around to get away from the geese. I know. It's really scary because you really don't know how to fight it. There's a lot <laughs> no. of wings and a lot of neck coming at you. <laughs> what, what do I even go for? Like hit the, go for the beak? No, I've already figured this out. you got to break a wing. Huh. You gotta you gotta mix it up and break a wing because once you break a wing, it's over. And the way you do it is you do it like that crocodile in the Joe Rogan video, where you just grab it and then just <laughs> roll, it. Just roll <laughs> over three Barrel times. Barrel. <laughs> just rip that thing right off. Today is National Best Friends Day. Tell your best friend, Kenny. <laughs> thank you for the friendship you throw my way. Forty-six people. Forty-six uh, percent of people say they have one best friend. Thirty-nine percent have more than one. And it is hard to make a best friend once you're adult. Only 11% of people say they met their best friend after they were done with school. Is your spouse your best friend? Yeah, probably, yeah. Has to be. I mean, I have two best girlfriends. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I I disagree with that. What? That Bill's best friends with his wife? I'm best friends with Bill's spouse. Uh, (laughs) Sean? No, uh, I, 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 I was in a long relationship where I was like, yes, my partner is my best friend. And that... And now I have best friends who are not my girlfriend, and I'm way, way happier because there should. <laughs> I, I think there should be a Church line there. State. Yeah, I think that the, there's certain ways you are around your friends, and certain ways you are around your partner, and that's that's not a, a bad thing. See, I think uh, me and Serena are definitely best friends because we can't stand each other, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's like every best friend I've ever had. Yeah, twenty four. All my good friends are nonstop <laughs> waiting for any moment to point out a vulnerability, a weakness, a faux pas, a screw up. It's just it is that is the pinata they are just sitting around waiting to mm-hmm. whack at. Twenty four percent met their best friend in elementary school. Eighteen percent in middle school. Twenty four percent high school, and fifteen percent college. Eight percent actually met in preschool. I think it's too much pressure to have one best friend. I have a bunch of people that I consider in that category. Yeah. Good friends. I think it's 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 probably harder to make a best friend at as an adult because yeah. what adult is walking around like I need a best friend? Although, it's it's just a different like it's something well, that you grow old with and not something you know that term. You have well, to I sne- have you have to sneak into it. You have to just be like. I talk to you a are lot. We, are we best friends now? Yeah. My one best friend I went to elementary school and high school with, and my other best friend I met working here. Oh, thanks, Val. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had to pick, to me, Randy. Uh, oh, damn it! If you had to pick which family member is your best friend, forty-three percent, only forty-three percent said their significant other. Nineteen percent said their dog. Well, oh, that that breaks my heart. Nineteen percent say mom, which I'm surprised that's not higher. Fourteen percent uh, pick a sibling. Dad got eleven percent, and the cat got nine percent. Oh. As a best friend. My best friend is my cat. Yeah, that sounds like a Ralph Wigganism. <laughs> what? Wigganism. Not Wigganism. That would be a Sally Wigganism. A Ralph Wigganism. And finally, Britney Spears. My best Spears. friend is Sally Wiggin. <laughs> my best friend are Sally Wigganisms. Uh, Britney Spears has been ordered to appear for a deposition after Kevin Federline has demanded an increase in support payments. <laughs> <laughs> he needs more wife beaters, more Newports, K-Fed more Code Reds. has partial custody code of the couple's reds. sons, Sean and Jaden. How old are they now? He definitely drinks Code Reds, he doesn't he? He chugs Code Reds. Oh, yeah. 
There's 13, 14 half-drank Code oh, Reds yeah. laying around his place. Do they make a three-liter? If they do, he has it. He's got you the wide mouth. Right. His house smells like some, his house smells like someone's been vaping, but no one has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, that's just uh, my cool water cologne that I use oh. to put out my candle. Yeah, there's just a lot of axe. K-Fed has partial custody of their boys, Sean and Jaden, and says he's unable to make ends meet on the 20 grand a month that he gets from Brittany. Oh, God. Those 20 grand no a month. Chance. Yep, can't make it, according to Us Weekly. What he really wants, he wants the amount to be more than triple. Uh, and he says it's because he wants the boys to live the same way they do as That's right. when they're with their mom. Well, she and he buy- needs to have, you know, I mean, th- those... Uh, Triple, extra large, and one mesh shorts aren't going to buy themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, you can't. I, I understand what he's saying. Like, there can't be a drop off where, like, you're at mommy's but house. But 20 grand a month? Come on. It's crazy. They I mean, can live pretty, pretty good. He's not working. No. He's like. No, he's a backup dancer. No, not, not anymore. That's what he's I mean. He's nothing. One time he there's was. No, yeah, there's... That doesn't make you a backup... No, he, you can't be an overweight backup dancer. It doesn't work. He's the world's one and only professional K-Fed. There's one. It's him. That's his whole gig. Yeah, I mean, what's left for him? Guest bartending at Saddle Ridge? I mean, I don't know. Probably. You know he must be a real dolt if he couldn't even figure out how to make some reality TV I was money. just going to say, how has he not been on some... Like, The Bachelor... Oh, oh, how has he not oh, been on? No, no, they should do a celebrity bachelor because you're not allowed to have herpes on the Bachelor. <laughs> he would fail that test in a minute. I should just get a long running thing where he's just the first person eliminated from every reality show. He's on the Bachelor for one week. <laughs> right. He's on Survivor. He's on the uh, island for yep. 25 minutes. He does American Ninja Warrior. Just falls in the pool immediately. About like naked and afraid. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. No, he's a. I guarantee you, he's a husky fellow these days. Oh, yeah. Those code reds at midnight. I'll do it to you. Just throwing down 300 grams of sugar before before you pass out. He's eating his his kids' Teddy Grahams. (laughs) Forecast, there is a slight chance of rain today. Temperatures around 80. uh, It's 65 at DV. Next weekend, the Clarks are going to be performing at Stage A.E. Outdoors, a June 16th show. Tickets are on sale for that right now. And they are celebrating the release of their new album, Madly in Love at the End of the World. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Clarks to the DV Morning Show. What's up? Hello. Scott, you're my best friend. Uh, God bless you. I was hoping you'd say that. Brady, I thought I was your best friend. People, let me tell you about my best friend. Rob, you are my best friend, too. You're both my best friend. I I hope you guys fight over me one day. (laughs) We already do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you talk to him. No, you talk to him. Uh, all right, so congratulations on the new record. Val and I have been talking about how much uh, we both enjoy it. I, I you know, I, I don't want to be too presumptuous, but it seems like this is almost a bit of a point of departure for the Clarks. Uh, yeah, I'd say you're accurate in that. It's um, a little different um, in in that we. You know, I think it's got a little more of a, an Americana feel to yes. it. Yes. Um, certainly with Gary Jacob and Skip Sanders, Gary plays pedal steel. It's a lot more noticeable uh, on this record. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a little different. I think it's, it's really warm. I love the songwriting, too, on it. Yeah, but we're getting some uncharacteristic feedback up there. We never do. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what's, uh, what's happening up there, but uh, hopefully it's not going to bleed over into the performance. 
Are we? Let's is try. Jeff giving yeah, you the he, thumbs up it. up there? He's got it now, I think. Okay. So what song are we going to hear first? Uh, this is called Keep Your Eyes on the Road. Keep Your Eyes on the Road. Here they are. The Clarks, DVE.
DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with a quick sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. And the inevitable, seemingly, has happened. OV wins a cup. Yeah, I don't know if it was inevitable, but uh, it has happened. Uh, Caps 4, Golden Knights 3 in Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final last night. And in the immediate aftermath, NBC's Pierre Maguire uttered words that previously have never been spoken. Alexander Ovechkin, you are now a Stanley Cup champion. Alexander Ovechkin is not only a Stanley Cup Stanley Cup champion, he is a playoff MVP. The winner of the Constantine Trophy as the most valuable player in the playoffs, the leading goal scorer in the playoffs, and the captain of the Washington Capitals, Alex Ovechkin. Now, winning those two trophies put Ovechkin in an incredibly exclusive fraternity. Six players in NHL history have now won the Cup, the Conn Smythe Trophy, the Hart Trophy as NHL MVP, the goal-scoring title, what is now known as the Rocket Richard Trophy, and the uh, Art Ross Trophy, the uh, scoring champion of the league. The first five to do it were Jean Beliveau, Guy Lafleur, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Sidney Crosby. Now, Alex Ovechkin joins that group. Uh, Ovechkin uh, also is the third player in NHL history to score at least 600 career regular season goals before getting his hands on a cup. Luke Robitaille and Dave Andrichuk beat him to that. Uh, It's top of the mountain time for Ovi. uh, We were talking last hour about whether he needed, last night, whether he needed a cup to cement his legacy to complete his career. He certainly played throughout this postseason as if he believed he needed one. Uh, fill-in analyst P.K. Subban had uh, an interesting take on that on the NBC SN postgame last night. This is an exclamation point on his career. Right? He, this is still one of the greatest goal st- scorers that we'll ever see in our lifetime. Uh, to score at the pace that he scored at in an era when goaltending is much, much better, coaching is much, much better, it's much more difficult to score, and yet he's been able to do it. And the way he delivered in these playoffs, to me, just puts an exclamation mark on his career. It doesn't change how great a player he was for me, but for him, I think that this is this is something that he needed to get off his chest. And I think a lot of people are happy for him right now. Yeah, a lot of people happy for a lot of Capitals, uh, including goaltender Braden Holpe, uh, who wins his first cup. He becomes... Uh, he now has the second-highest save percentage all-time in the playoffs among goaltenders with at least 50 career postseason games. That's .929. His career playoff goals against is 2.03. Holtby improves to 45-37 and 37 in 82 career playoff appearances. Cap- he was brilliant. Capitals win every round on the road. They trailed in every round, uh, matching the 1991 Penguins as cup-winning champions who took that type of route to get there. And Washington's 43 seasons to win a cup, uh, second only to the 44 seasons it took the Kings when they came into the league in 1967-68. I just threw up on my mouth a little bit. Yeah, did it the hard way, earned it, deserved it. That's sports. The Clarks are upstairs in the coffee house right now. Scott Blazy, uh, Scott, where did you guys record this uh, new album? We recorded this at the Church Recording Studio in Overbrook. Oh, is that place phenomenal or Dude, what? It is so nice. Dana Canoni has just done a magnificent job. 
and he, uh, we recorded it with Dave Heideck. Dave produced it with, for uh, Tree Lady Studios, and it's, it's a fabulous facility. It ha they have so much gear there. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. We did some video there, too, and it just looks great because there's amps and drums and keyboards and everything just all over the place. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, the record sounds great. There's no doubt about that. Madly in Love at the End of the World is available now. Tickets for the Clark Show at Stage AE next Saturday night available at the Stage AE box office, Ticketmaster.com. And I'm looking forward to that. You guys uh, have a kick-ass live show going right now. And this new album, I really think, in the context of the Clark's catalog, it just fits in so nicely. I think uh, I can't wait to hear it uh, like with in the context of all the other songs. You know what I mean? Right. And we do. We're doing, I think, nine of the 11 tracks we're playing live. It's just It really has re-energized the band. That's great to hear. Okay, so what are we going to hear right now? This song is called Roses, and I'd like to introduce it to you by telling you that... Uh, the fabulously talented Kayla Skirman will be singing with me on this one. Wonderful. All right, good deal. Here they are. Kayla Skirman guesting with the Clarks live on DVE. Close 
as the crows fly in Staring at your house Where no one lives Roses never make the scars go Such a good song. One of my favorites on the record. Roses, that's the Clarks. Uh, Madeline Love at the end of the world. Kayla Skirman guesting on that one. And you can catch them next Saturday at Stage AE. Tickets available right now. Ticketmaster, Stage AE box office. And we get another one from you guys when we come back? You got it. Cool. More from the Clarks coming up on D. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman and the Clarks' new record is... Madly in Love at the End of the World. Stage AE next Saturday night. They'll be performing live, and you'll hear most of the record as well as uh, a whole bunch of the greatest hits of their vast catalog. Scott, what number was this for you guys album-wise? This, uh, this is our 10th studio album. 10th. Wow. 10th uh, studio and a couple live and a couple uh, albums of outtakes and stuff, so quite a bit. All right, what are we going to hear right now? This is called In Blood. In Blood from the new record, Madly in Love at the End of the World, the Clarks on DVE.
right, this works. Dude, that's, that song just rips, man. That is so good. Thank you. Ah, the new record, Madly in Love at the End of the World. Get it now if you haven't already. And looking forward to next Saturday's show at Stage AE with the Clarks. Who's in support on that one? Uh, we have a really special show. Um, it's the 30th anniversary of our first album, which is called I'll Tell You What, Man. Uh, it was released on vinyl and cassette back in 1988. <laughs> and so there's a, uh, a band of really talented local musicians who are going to perform that album in its entirety. No oh, way! Yeah, that's it's going to be killer. Oh, that's Dude, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. This is a cool idea. And uh, there's a, a, a house band, and then there's going to be a rotating <laughs> cast of singers, people like Paul Luke and... Uh, I think Rashecki's involved, so it's 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 the, the creme de la creme. Oh, and Noah's in the band. And Noah's in the band. Noah Menard, Dave's son, who's in our band, he's going to play in that band as well. Awesome. He plays in every band. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. He's getting a lot of chops at a young age, you know. He's been packing up the credits there. Right. All right. So next Saturday night at Stage AE, and then uh, from then uh, after uh, the world. You're basically touring the world at We're that point. We're touring the world if the world consists of you know. Western Pennsylvania. <laughs> now we did our little spring tour, uh, and then uh, summertime is festivals and fairs uh, close to home. And then uh, you got some more stuff in the fall plan. Yeah, yeah, we travel. We, we've sort of after 32 years, we sort of figured out that the travel seasons are spring and fall, and we stay close to home in the summer, and we don't go anywhere in the winter. Good deal. Well, look, man, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys next weekend. And it sounded awesome today. And congrats on the new record. It all sounds so great. Thanks to Kayla Skirman, who sounded great on that tune Thank as you. well. Thanks for having us. Right on. Thanks, Randy. Nicely thanks, done, guys. Uh, special thanks to the Clarks and the Point Park University stage, the Permanis DVE Coffee House today. A special triple shot from the Clarks there and their new record, Madly in Love at the End of the World. That's so it for good. us. Thanks to uh, John Witherspoon, comedy legend. He's at the Improv all weekend long. And uh, thanks to our friend Sean Collier. Uh, I just wanted to thank everyone who supported the uh, Kickstarter I mentioned last week for the new theater group. Uh, outpouring of support and really, really appreciated it. Please like Vigilance Theater Group on Facebook and you'll find out about the play I'm writing and directing. It'll be up later this year. And this weekend, I, I'm going to see Slayer. Oh, yeah. Slayer tomorrow night. Are they at a key bank? Yes. It's their farewell tour. Anthrax, too. No, that's Whoa. a good Slayer moment. and Anthrax. Farewelling it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's not, you know, 15,000, 20,000 people out at KeyBank, Star mm -hmm. Lake, it's not as bad traffic-wise. Yeah. We're we going to get there after. There's like five bands. We're, that's, that's enough. We're, we're, we're going <laughs> to skip whoever is first. I think, Testam on your ears. I think Testament is early in the day. We'll, we'll, we'll go past Testament. Does anybody you in Testament have a hot sauce? One. I don't know. <laughs> Will you please that one out? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and uh, also uh, want to say um, congratulations to my uh, to to my uncle who's going to his one thousandth NASCAR race. That's a big deal. One thousand. Yeah. Huge. One thousandth. That's incredible. One thousandth. Fifty five years of going to NASCAR races <laughs> and naming his kids after drivers. I haven't been to that many Springsteen shows. How many does he get are? himself on a plate after that? Like, how, how does that, does he uh, get a decorative NASCAR plate or something? I don't know. How do they commemorate that? Does NASCAR know. know that? Yeah, it seems like they'd be pretty dumb. I have a feeling in NASCAR he'd be in a long line. You think? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of races. A thousand races is thousand. a lot. thousand. I mean, how many are there a year? Not, I don't know. 55 years to get to a thousand. 
So, what are the kids' names? That's uh, Allison, Dale, Bobby Allison, Kale, Kale Yarborough, Yarborough. Muffler, uh, <laughs> Tide. I think BJ was named after AJ. I think BJ AJ, AJ Foyt. Well, he's he was an Indy car wheels, racer. Oh, I don't know. I think he was also into that too. So I don't know. It's only been a five hundred of those. <laughs> There's a JR too. Is there a JR racer? I don't know. Sounds like there should be a guy named JR Junior. Racer. Well, at any rate, uh, also congratulations to Ovi, the Capitals. <laughs> Gets it done, and Mark Andre Fleury. In his first year with the Golden Knights, after that uh, emotional roller coaster that he went through here, leading his team to the Stanley Cup Final is a uh, remarkable achievement. The best, yeah. the best thing I saw on their Twitter a couple weeks ago was this day in Ca- in uh, Golden Knights history. Nothing. We weren't. Well, there we were probably weren't, some meetings or yeah. something. Yeah. They're really good at Twitter. Talk. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good at hockey this year they too. Should be proud of their Twitter. Do you have anything going on? Go see music this weekend. There is a ton. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Well, Mark just walked in. I want to put him on the air here before we go. Mark Madden, what do you think? About what? Alternate ending here. Oh, uh... I'm a big fan of Ovi. He's the greatest goal scorer of his generation, arguably ever. And, you know, you don't deserve a Stanley Cup. You win a Stanley Cup, but he won it, and he's a, he's a worthy winner. One thing I think is great about it is, can you imagine what Penguins-Washington games are going to be like next year? Do you think they'll have, the NHL will schedule the Penguins for the banner raising? When they raise question. something besides the, uh, the president trophy winner. Right. I, I put that on Twitter today. I said, hey, you Washington fans who are, you know, rubbing in Pittsburgh's faces, you trail 5-1. to one. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I don't know. That's a good question. But Wouldn't now they're su- at the party. Wouldn't surprise me. Oh, oh no question. And, and they earned it. But, like, uh, the games next year between the clubs and if they meet in the playoff series again, which I think is inevitable, yes. it'll just be unbelievable. Ugh. The, the big questions on my show today from 3 till 6, and I feel good having a tease finally after all the worthless Wednesdays in terms of my show. I've obviously done everything I can to uh, upgrade yours. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, today, uh, is, is Ovi now one of the top? Five or ten players ever, and is he better than Malkin? Is his resume better than Malkin? Are you you following that up with his Flacco elite? Because you're going with the is Ovi elite. See, I don't even – I never thought Flacco was elite. I know, that's a meme. It's like a meme. It's like a joke. Yeah, well, no, Ovi's elite, obviously, but, you know, there's a difference between being elite and being top ten of all time. Which I think he is now. He's one of only eight to have uh, all of those uh, six. Ac- six to have uh, all of those accolades. The five uh, big ones. What are the five big ones? The cup, the Conn Smythe, the Hart, uh, Rocky Richard, Rocky Richard, or the goal scoring championship, and the Art Ross. Yeah, well, there you go. But but you need to have a, a the, the cup on the resume. It's like John Stoggerwald, who I believe was tweeting from the fifties this morning, <laughs> um, said that. Uh, said that uh, Dan Marino is an all-time great no matter whether he won or not, and that's true. But having not won a Super Bowl, he can't be considered the best. I think if Dan had won even one Super Bowl, he'd be considered the best quarterback of all time, but he didn't, so he can't. Mm, I don't know, four, four, five Super Bowls 
Those are hard to... Uh, Brady's putting up some yeah. numbers. Although Brady's TB12 uh, got uh, Julian Edelman in a little bit of trouble. He's got busted for PEDs, and he was using Brady's trainer. Yeah, Guerrero, Alex Guerrero. So oh. maybe uh, TB12 is just uh, steroids on steroids. Well, it's a culture of cheating up there, and, and to them it's no big deal. But honestly, PEDs to me are no big deal. I, I No, I wish they'd make them legal and we just could watch, like, you know... Uh, just huge block people going at it. You know, just enormous transformer-like It would look humans. like the Fox robot. Yes, just, be, yeah, just, just do away with the pads. And, and then the when helmets. they die young, I could say, hey, I got unhealthy the legal way. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I earned it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we, we, we're late. And we this was go. great. Well, your little, like, uh, little uh, prologue here? I guess, yeah. Yeah. No, All right. I, I agree. It's a or post credit scene. There's an epilogue. Epilogue's before? Oh, epilogue's It's after. like deleted after. scenes on the DVD. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And they usually suck, and there's a reason they're not in the original. <laughs> and this is no exception. That's true.